There will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. Exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war of lightning versus big blocks, like were we the bad guys? Were we the ones that went listening? Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization. Come on, you gotta come stronger than that, you know, like. Hello, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 89, Thrive Chain Debate featuring Paul Stortz. Today is Sunday, the 6th of August, 2023. I'm your host, Jeremy. Jet is doing the producing, same as always. And usually we start with a guest intro, but instead today it's a very special day because we've just passed the six years since the BTC, BCH split, what is Independence Day or BCH Day in the Bitcoin Cash community and seems also to have been adopted as this kind of Independence Day in the BTC community. So they've kind of in reaction uh, caught onto this trend. It's very ironic to have that same holiday marked by both communities kind of for the same but inverse uh, reasons. Anyway, uh, it's obviously great for the Bitcoin Cash community to have made it uh, six years on our own on the peer-to-peer cash mission. So we've got a video here from Pantera who made a special celebratory video that I particularly enjoyed. So, Jet, let's line that up.
All right, there we have it. Some triumphant Bitcoin cash uh, vibes. <laughs> Paul, did you celebrate the the first? Uh, maybe for the opposite reason. I don't know. Well, you know, not really. Although, I, ironically, I like I sent a snarky tweet about how. In the BTC community, we celebrate this as the day that we increase the block size limit from one megabyte to four megabytes, which yes. is something that is probably still misunderstood by the majority of the BTC community, uh -huh. even six years later. Because the SegWit up upgrade that activated on August 1st uh, increased the BTC, the node requirements by up to 4x and the whole dispute was about like not doing that so yes that's right but it, it was all it was also a bit of a mess really because at the time it wasn't sold as a block size increase it was sold as this kind of workaround hack which is kind of what it was and it was also said like this will buy us some time. This kind of expands the limits a little bit, but not too much. And now it's come into vogue to say that it's a four megabyte block size increase. But that's not even really that true because if you can only get the full four megs if you're having inscriptions or you know a lot of stuff in the witness data. If you're just doing transactions, it's more like one point seven to two point two three or so. I remember being sold to something like that, but I don't. I don't think most people understood what. Would, what was being sold so it didn't even matter people were so confused <laughs> to this day yeah. people think like it's like more efficient packing of transactions into blocks or something right exactly and that's that's been one of the greatest lessons in hindsight for me of this entire thing was that at the time i believed very very confidently that Bitcoin Cash would would kind of come out on top like very quickly and very fast because I felt like th it's obvious. Like I understood sort of the technical elements and this and that, but I thought it was really obvious that the Lightning Network wouldn't work and all this stuff. So mm. I was just like, this is obvious. But what I've learned as a result of that and also as a result of just everything else in life, coronavirus, a classic example, like that's completely separate, but it's the same thing, which is that the diversity of human opinion and perspective is so much broader than it's really possible to fathom. You know, there's so many ideas that you think, how could anybody possibly <laughs> have this opinion? I thought, and then you know, it's only does. It was a lot of a conformity, of course. So also, most people yeah. just say, "Well, I have my own private belief," and then they say, "Is this belief really match the people around me?" And if they say this belief is no, is very, it's very different. Most people will say, oh, I must have gotten something wrong. I, I don't want, it's more important to get along with my wife, my friends, my whatever community. So people say, I privately feel X, but they just, we all keep two sets of books. And then we say, I always believed Y. And then when everyone <laughs> comes around to X later, everyone always says, well, yeah, I always believed X, but. Just didn't say it. So uh, just didn't say it. So yeah, the uh, the way that people form beliefs and the way they spread is not ideal. Until I was the watching fiction market revolution. <laughs> yes, truly, you got to yes. fix all of that. Yes, eventually. yes. I'm looking forward to that, and I agree. We can actually uh, touch on that. What I was watching a video which was talking about this part of psychology, and you know that experiment where they have the three lines that are the, the different Ash language. experiment. Yes, exactly. Very big experiment. That's right. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you see that people, uh, people like in the video, people like wring their hands. They un- they're uncomfortable, <laughs> but they answer the the wrong answer. Yes. So it's not. So- it's like however you want to read into it. It's kind of like you're anyone's guess because you can say. When push comes to shove, most people will conform, and you cannot rely on them. But you can yeah. also look at the video, and you could say, "Well, these people don't really believe. They know that one answer is right, but they something happens to them, and they just decide, I don't want to be unpopular in this room. People just like to be popular. I mean, you know, it's kind of quaint if you really think about it. But it's yeah. also like self-preservation. It's like yeah. in a scenario where yeah. you were in a dangerous situation... You should just uh, follow the follow the crowd and not, you know, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. That kind of an idea. People think if I do this, I'm going to be slit on the totem pole of life, the status yes. hierarchy of life that we all obsess about and we care about constantly. Who is liked more than who? You know, you think, yeah. well, every action I take, I'm either going to become more popular or less popular. Huh. People just they say whatever whatever it is that makes me more popular, even if it's a bald lie, they just think. That's what I have to do. But you can only get so far. It's like a hack because you can only get so far saying what everybody else is saying. That can get you like off the bottom. It, it has a strong floor, but it doesn't have a very high ceiling because to actually get out of that, you have to be nonconformist and then be later proved right. And then everybody else goes, oh, look at this. You know, you, you slowly yes. get like the out that way, right? Is the prediction market with private cryptocurrency because yes. your situation is you, you say, you say C or whatever the line is that's clearly wrong. You you go home and in the privacy of your own home, you bet on the one that you know it will be. Yes. And then later on, you're proved right. You make a ton of money. You're getting more and more anonymous cash the whole time. <laughs> and uh, then you secretly start doing things, nice things for your friends and family. You know, you buy people a car. You you fund a charity. So you. That is the, the the trick is actually to have like this complicated strategy involving like secretly making money with the prediction market and then turning money into fame, throwing parties and things that that completes yes. the circuit and makes the whole world uh, rational again. But right now it's not, of course, we evolved, right. you know, we evolved in a world where there was like tribes, small tribes, simple rules that had to be followed because they were like the only known way of like making fire making clothes, getting food, surviving the seasons. Yeah. So every story, most stories are like a kind of like a, like an avatar shaped story where it's like guy shows up or even like devil wears Prada or something. Someone shows up, there's a new world, the hero's journey, you know, they're plunged yeah. into this strange world. They learn the rules of the new world. It's Sometimes they either like in devil wears Prada, she becomes actually very good at picking out the clothes at the end. And in avatar, he, he not only joins the tribe, but then he conquers the giant eagle thing, the giant red thing, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, so you either become fully, you fully conform or you actually, you defect in a way that like elevates you, elevates the, the, the conformity because in the avatar, there were like five or six people that had done that before, like the ancestral hero or something. So like that is actually the paradigm. All human knowledge, I think is actually originates in this paradigm of you join the tribe, you learn the tribe's rules, and you conform, and you you get ahead. You lead the tribe to, to greatness on its own terms. The modern world of science, where it's like a whole world around us is changing very rapidly, the tribal world stuff would not change for like 20, 30,000 years, many generations. So within a generation, nothing would change. 
But in the modern world, there's lots of change. And so we do need people, entrepreneur style people, like kind of like autistic, innovator, weirdo people, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you need this them. is a brand Turn new thing. thing. People are not set up for it. Peter Thiel has a quote, something along the lines of like, he flips the question. He says, why is it like, why are there so many like autistic founders or like billionaires or something? He's just like, Anyone, he thinks like anyone could do it, but only the artistic people can like, are, are they're, they're, they're not drawn enough. into that. Like their friends are going to go to whatever you know, MLB game or NFL game. Like they're, they're the only people who could unplug and say like 800,000 people are going to die if we don't finish this medical technology like four <laughs> months <laughs> earlier. Like and the, you have to be like robotic to, to survive the process. There's so much pressure to just do something more conventional, you know, that blends in. Yeah, I, I heard something recently about the one thing that it links all the most successful people that they did this sort of personality survey or something. And one of the things they found, there was a couple of things, but one of them was like being super stubborn. And then another one was also being, uh, having a strong sense of like, insecurity in the way of insufficiency is the word. Like you had to feel like, if I don't do this, there's no other no other option like it, it it this has to fly because if they can't i'm not good enough and maybe even once you get to be the best in the world at basketball or whatever you still feel like oh but am i still not good enough and that was what drives that obsessive practice yeah. and training for something to be truly innovative there has to be a reason why the idea never made it before yes so you you have an idea you think the world would be better with prediction markets or whatever you have to, now you have to think, well, wh why am I so lucky? Like, I'm the first one to think of this? One or, person, okay, yeah. that can't quite be it. I must be the only one who can think of it who has enough free time to do it. Or I'm the only one to think of it who, like, is willing to leave, like, the McKinsey job or the Google engineering job, like, an easy job that would, I would do very well. And so that's – it's part of, like, why – Every time an idea first makes it through the gauntlet, it needs some kind of special, unique combination of of stuff to like shepherd it through all the all the challenges. Yeah, and the challenges are like, why doesn't everyone? Why didn't anyone else think of this idea? Or why doesn't? Why does this idea? The idea must it because you see what I mean. The low hanging fruit have all been taken, so it's like the for an idea to make it now, it has to be an idea where for some reason there's barriers. And it's like how to jump every barrier to actually make it, actually make it through. Maybe I'm mistaken about this idea of being good. Well, I, I don't maybe know if there's maybe, you know. low hanging fruit or or like, I think there's still sort of, in some sense, there's more low hanging fruit no, I agree than ever with that. But because we're in a more complex world, right? Yeah, I, I actually agree that there's more low hanging fruit. And I agree that uh, progress is actually accelerating. So, so in that sense, salute progress is getting easier over time. But you know what I mean. What I mean is, like, you can't. Fire is taken. So yes, <laughs> it's done. Writing is done. You know, it's been done. Music, you know, that one. The scales, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the foundations of our signature. You know, pretty specialized. Pretty specialized. If once you're in the rabbit hole of claim an idea, it's all you know. Now it's it's too late. You got to think of a new one. You have to be genuinely creative and think of a new idea. Of course, yeah, most people get their ideas from like you know. They get their ideas from other people, as we already discussed, they're conformists. So, yes. so a lot of people think, 
there are no new ideas because to them there are not. They just get all of the ideas. They get a hundred percent of this from everyone else. And the only creativity in their brain is how can I figure out what the tribe's rules are as quickly as possible? And uh-huh. they're trying to figure out like how do I conform? So all their creativity is is directed in a somewhat ironic sense. And the I think student conformity. Ninety nine percent of people actually have ninety nine percent of their attention directed in this way, and is very rare. It's very rare to have truly creative people. All right. So you're a creative person. You came up with drive chain. What was, was your process for that? Well, how did that come it's somewhat about? ironic that I think it was a difference of perspective where my view was we have these two groups of people, large blockers, small blockers, who are, are very convinced that they are correct. Yes. And my view was, which was sometimes, to me, it's straightforward, but apparently it's pretty novel. I was yes. along the lines of, can we do something where both groups get what they want? Because it's going to be kind of hard to convince one group that they're wrong and the other group, you know, the other group is going to take it for granted that they're right. But you have to have one group fold. And I kind of took a look at that. It had been going on for years. It really seemed like there was some merit uh, to trying both. And this is the way most things actually work. Like the way most things work is you enter a town, someone opens a new Chinese food restaurant. It's not like uh, it's not like a prison that only serves Chinese food. You know what I mean? And it switches yeah. from Chinese to Italian or something. It's like in the real world, the entrepreneurs open a place, and then the user can you can go there every day, or you can go there never, or you can switch back and forth. Yes. And so I was thinking more along these lines. I was like, how can we get the large block option? And part of my thought process was that this had kind of already been done because Adam Back had actually come up with, and, and I think. Um, I think Jonathan Lau or someone had come up with its ex- extension, mandatory extension, soft fork extension block. Yes. And so uh, this idea was already out there. Uh, I had some flaws and the, I corrected some of these flaws, I thought. The, the sidechain idea was also out there. The idea of the two-way peg, that was from like December 2013 or something. So the ideas were actually already out there and I just kind of uh, improved them, I think. I think I optimized them. I don't think I don't think you can beat my design, but Certainly, that would be great if someone did. I just think people don't understand what all the pieces are doing there for when they change these pieces and the, the pieces are. They're just fine the way they are. And they actually, <laughs> things that people think are like a, a con or a drawback are actually, they're actually irrelevant and they're great. And uh, people mostly like those things. So. Yeah, so for the for the listeners, we're not going to go all in the details of how drive chains work because honestly, my listeners are pretty smart and I think most of them already know or they can do the background reading. But the idea is essentially that you would be able to uh, have the mining from Bitcoin, uh, all the SHA-256 miners could co-sign blocks so that over a six-month period, if three months worth of blocks got signed, then you would be able to withdraw coins out of a side chain so you make can make an infinite number of side chains essentially where you can have a completely different blockchain so it could be like a copy of monero or a copy of ethereum or something completely new people could send their coins in sort of like we had with smart bch uh recently for the bitcoin cash people you put your coins in there and then whatever goes on over there the main chain is completely unaffected uh at least once the initial change is in which would be possible as a soft fork critically for trying to force right. this over the line on BDC and then there's this uh 6 month period of of getting the coins out right and the reason that's slow is basically so that 
Uh, there's some security. And if somebody tries to fraud, you have loads of time to call them out and all the miners to agree, like, this is not going to work and and all that. It's all going to go down a disaster. So you had this idea and you put it out there in 2015. And the, the funny thing is that it wasn't even that. It's become more controversial over yeah. time instead of less. At like the at time, the time, people thought this is great. It, yes. Uh, it made it so that it was pinned on R slash Bitcoin. Yes. You know, sometimes presented as an alternative to hard forking to increase the block size, which I think is, uh, that's accurate. Like, I think it is back. The, see, uh, there's lots to say, and it's hard to know in which direction to go, but the block size dispute is only one problem among many that this idea would solve. Yes. So there was also like, Ethereum had just been like invented. Some people wanted more privacy. And yet, that privacy often conflicted with the ability to audit the 21 million coin limit. And this is like, can we ever have our cake and eat it too? But with this idea, you could because you deposit whatever, like 17,000 coins into this private zone. It would be too private there to see how many coins there are. But on L1, you see how many coins are, are in the sidechain. Yeah. So uh, the, the bigger problem really was... Uh, it, uh, the block size dispute was really just a tiny, a tiny, tiny tip of the iceberg for me. And I thought yes. this is an easy problem to solve. The real problem is actually sometimes people disagree over what the software should do, and we don't have competition among. What we should have is lots of developers, each making basically no money, Malthusian subsistence wage, and they should be like miners where <laughs> they yeah. compete. They have no political influence. And if you don't like what one chain is doing, you it's open source, you fork the chain, you just change the parameter to something else. You think eight's the wrong block size, change it to 16 or change it to 0.2 or change it to whatever, zero, whatever you want. And you just launch it. And then if you can attract, you know, the uh, at first a tiny little bit from the miners to like, you know, turn it on. And then you can attract users and people who pay transaction fees. That to me is like the starting a new restaurant thing. So the world without sidechains is kind of like an economy with no entrepreneurship where you have like uh, everyone must have permits for everything and the permits are never given out. Yes. So you have but then no what... ability to launch the competing restaurant. But in the sidechain world... That, that became altcoins, yeah. Yes. You know, even though it didn't have to be, but it, it did. And that's <laughs> where yeah. we're at now. The problem. Right? Yes. Yes. And this is, I think, also the problem with Bitcoin Cash, by which I assume we'll get to. Yes. Because the yeah, problem yeah. with Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash is, of course, it's just, the heart of my take on the matter is that there's two separate things that are glued together. Yes. One is the concept of a large block L1 is a good thing. Yes. And then the rest is the, the second, like the, the implementation details. The exact timing, the dates, the name, strategy, everything, all that other stuff. Yeah. So we'll just we'll get to some of the specifics of that. But one of the things I wanted to get your take on with so with the whole like altcoin stuff, uh, which I think you're actually in favor of as an innovator, but you also yes, kind of are like everything good. needs to be in Bitcoin. Yeah. It's not good form of innovation. So I'm a pro innovation, but the altcoin is. That is like, you know, a, it's like a country where you need permits for everything. And as a result, everything is illegal. And as a result, you don't live I'm in a world where you can country. like take someone to court or you can call the police if they just steal from you. And you can see this world actually kind of sucks from like a property rights, economics point of view, microeconomics point of view, political science point of view. This is a world where people do not 
they have a greatly reduced ability. So it's like everything's black market. Everything is like black market drugs, black market food, black market restaurant. It's all speakeasies. Everything's so. And the bet, the much better thing to do is live in a world where you know you have. It's oh, this is entrepreneurship is considered not only legal, but a good thing. I mean, now it's almost begrudgingly tolerated in America to the even to this. It's very. Interesting that America is probably the most pro-business uh, country, but it's not very pro-business. Like it, it's still, it's very difficult to survive the regulation and the taxes, which only punish the winners. Yeah. And then uh, you know, if you if you're an entrepreneur and you fail, it's not like you get negative tax. You know, like you get like a giant check back. It's like uh, another thing though is that in America, even we have this idea of rugged individualism and entrepreneurship. And like in America, what's the phrase about like Americans invented the phrase making money or something like the stuff? stuff oh, like that. I, yeah, something but like that. Still, it's very stigmatized to be a successful entrepreneur. It's seen as a very weird thing to do. I don't know. Shark Tank's super popular. Yeah, I think America is is it's much better than most most other countries, you know. But it's still it's you're still like alienated. You're not like a you know. It's like if you could be a rock star or you could be like you know Mark Zuckerberg or something. <laughs> it's seen as weird and the rock, rock you know guitar solos is seen as uh, really great you know it's cool yeah <laughs> so so that's what i'm getting at is you want a world world that stuff is encouraged instead it's the altcoin world is not the altcoin world you know it ships with a competing it's like as if you had to you you you're at one restaurant and then someone opens a chinese restaurant they only speak chinese there and they only take chinese r&b you know and they only yes. you know now well, you have the a Chinese food option, but it's very expensive. There's a huge, there's a huge distance. There's a huge, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Opportunity, like switching cost. Yeah. Switching cost. Yes, enormous. And in the money, the network effects are so important. It's like you know, it's like switching language or switching, you know, from the QWERTY keyboard to like some keyboard Quark, that's yeah. shaped like a spiral or something. You know, like <laughs> people don't want to do that. But they the, don't have to. The problem with the with the restaurants, just like the problem in Bitcoin, was it was nothing to do with the actual engineering of can we put up a restaurant? Yeah, everybody knows that. Just like can we raise the block size? Is it going to immediately centralize all the nodes? Like, no, of course it wasn't uh, to a certain degree, right? There might be a certain extent, like how BSV has gone, where it's just turned into a disaster, right? But a small increase would it was not even controversial on a on a technical ground or at least anybody who disputed on that ground was being disingenuous the problem was all politics right and that's kind of where things are still gridlocked today i think it's partly correct i mean i think definitely some people fought over every like what is the right number yes was its own conversation i think a lot of people were, were thinking like if we raise it now it would be like the u.s debt ceiling and it would just raise every time and it's very easy to hit yes. so just hit it on a random tuesday <laughs> then we could just buy up all the space they hit it on a random Tuesday. And so they thought, well, this isn't like, this is in order to be a limit, it has to be like a real limit, like the debt ceiling, which is not, yes. not a real yeah. limit. Of course, of course. So then in that world, it's in, in the most roundabout kind of way, it has come about sort of somewhat quite fortuitously, uh, to be honest, even though the Bitcoin cash side has paid a huge price for it. But uh, we have got the two versions of Bitcoin, and we've got the small block one, and we've got the large block one. We've even got a couple of other 
alternatives that had their own idea. But by and large, I mean, if if BCH is a minority fork is struggling, like being a minority of a minority is even worse, right? Yeah. So, so we've got those two options now. And what's your reflection on how things have, have sort of played out to this point? Has BCH done better than you thought, worse than you thought? Some good, some bad. I think I thought it wouldn't do. I thought it had, you know, like the best, the odds of success are like you had like some chance of success early on. And then I think that it it, it plummets and we could get into why. And this is my. my yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, it, it's it has two ideas that are separated, which uh-huh. is like. It's kind of like the large block idea is one one issue and then there's like what's the best for people who currently own bch right now so it, the large block idea you can see as like a kind of i see it as a kind of like an election because teamwork is so important in you when you have consensus software when you have money you have metcalf's law you have network effects yeah so the way i see it is like you want an election because you want control over the country uh-huh. and if you if you lose if you don't win what your what your your best option is to just admit defeat and then say the time, we'll be thing. back in four years. Yes, you guys are gonna regret. You guys, listen, you made your decision, and we are team players, so we will go along with it. Uh, we will go along with small blockism for another four years, but we'll be back. And you guys are going to see that this is a mistake. And here's our predictions. We predict Lightning Network won't really work. It won't be popular. It will be custodial. We predict that bandwidth speeds and everything, hard drive, hard disk space will continue to plummet. We predict that we will be able to produce a version of the software that is very high performance to the fact that it actually can do 8 megabyte blocks in less time than Bitcoin Core takes uh, 1 megabyte. So you say that, but we, that's what we believe, but we accept that we did not win. Uh-huh. And then you see, this is kind of tough because at any given moment, this is like stabbing the BCH people who are the loyal supporters in the back. So this is a tension between these two ideas, which is like people who own BCH UTXOs, of course, hate this like concept. Well, but- I don't know. I'm 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 open to hearing your uh your take of how things should have come. I mean, well, of course, what I'm yes. gonna say yeah. is that's that's a nice like story, but I think the problem is that in the real world, the way it went down showed that kind of that wouldn't have worked because if the BCH people had all said, okay, yeah, we'll just play along and we'll, we'll go along. Well, we could easily be in this same situation where there sort of was no other election. It was just, okay, history has been written and that's the end of the story. And then you never get another election. You never get. I think you force your... the people who want change would would force the issue again. They'd say but, we'll do a but new. Wouldn't you be in an even worse position now? Wouldn't it be like everybody because people were joining the community at a time when censorship was so high, and it still is, honestly, in the BDC community. You still can't post on our Bitcoin about altcoins. Still can't post on Bitcoin talk. There's still all this conformist uh, bullshit against you know different yeah. narratives and so on and so forth. So fighting through that is just impossible. How are you going well, to run? I have a that? different strategy for for doing that, which was uh, again, I think the this is my own opinion, which may be wrong. And of course, I have many weird niche opinions, and I like it that way. Again, I feel like I'm kind of a creative person, so I feel yeah. like 
maybe I throw out an idea that's not right, but I try to make this like a different idea than most people will give you, you know? So, I mean, that's my, that's my hope. And so my idea is that part of what happened was that uh, a lot of the people who are influential in large blockism, Bitcoin Cash, you know, a lot of them are like anarchists and stuff and people who didn't really believe in politics uh, at all. Like uh, they just didn't even think this, like if you went into the li- the library, the Dewey Decimal, like they don't even think that this branch of science is real because yes. it's <laughs> legitimate, but, but it is, <laughs> it is real. <laughs> so that's like, you know, this is just my point of view is that again, to deal with the censorship question specifically, I would have done a different strategy that involved network effects and like game theory and like politics, where I would have said R slash BTC is going to be an exact mirror of our Bitcoin. Okay. But it will not have censorship. Right. Now you see, because humans are inherently political people. So what humans want is they want, they don't want to get left out of the news. So they want to make sure they get the, they see the news that other people in their community are getting. Yes. And then you see, this is a problem if they go to BTC, RBCC and it's a completely different thing. And it's like CNN versus Fox News. Yes. Now they know they're missing out on, uh, they know the communities have split more. So again, in general, my strategy, which, you know, it may be that this, as you say, my strategy may have gone even worse. But my take on all these issues is that try to defend the fact that the network effects are real. The network effects are very strong. And uh, just kind of like try a couple things, see if you can cleave off, you got to cleave off 51% somehow. So if it doesn't, you try something, it doesn't work, then just kill that thing and live to fight another day. I mean, how do you think it's gone, given that the BCH, the, you know, it seems like the price slides, uh, which I think is relevant. Yeah. It's not good to be on coin market cap. It's very stigmatizing. Yeah, no, it is. Two people fighting over the same name. So uh, maybe I can flip the question and say, don't, doesn't it, doesn't, don't you think about, like, isn't this like the number one, number two, or number three thing that people in Bitcoin Cash are thinking about all the time that it, there's this big distance between BTC, which is this uninterrupted history of being the number one coin. Yes. And BCH, which is like, you know. Yeah, wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Moving, that's a- moving through different like 20, 30, 40, 20 place, 25th place, like moving all around there. Mixed in with, you know, stuff that's like an overt joke, you know, Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, well, that's right. And things have not gone that great. Uh BCH and I have a FAQ on my website and stuff about it because a lot of people will just say like, you know, the market has spoken. It's all over. Of course, it's not. It's not over. The market never stops speaking. Yeah, the market has always spoken, but the market will always speak again tomorrow. And so, exactly, exactly. So it's true until it's not. So like, yeah, the games, the game's still still live. Sort of the yes. way I see it is that at the uh, the real issue in the block size, again, it wasn't really about the technicals. It was about sabotaging the project and that there was so many, there was either deliberate, you know, malicious bad actors. So there was a few of them, but then you have a few of them, which then gets compounded by a lot of naive people who just conform and go along with it and don't sort of critically think. And then that sort of spirals out of control. So even though it wasn't ideal that BCH had to split away and force a a split like the only reason that happened was because it was the last resort and there was obviously the segwit 2x thing which then fell apart and i don't know whether that fell apart you know because it was always like a a sham it was like offering a false compromise that then got rugged or whether there just wasn't will to do it because nobody really wanted a middle ground everybody was either 
you know, yeah, polarize that, one way or the other. Cyber 2X idea was an example of extremely bad strategy. Yes. Uh, it was bad game theory. So Segment 2X was announced. Segment 2X and Bitcoin Cash kind of split the vote. In my paradigm, these are all things that are like a vote and there's like a 100%. There's like a pie. Yes. And uh, the network effects are big. Yes. And, you know, a lot of things in life have this feature. So I'm not like completely, you know, off in outer space with this. Like if you if there's two, if a bunch of people are throwing a, a party or even at a party, there's people in different rooms. Like people yes. clump up in wherever the popular room is. You know? Yes. Like this is just the way people are. And it's this is just reasonable. You know, people like... They just like it's just easier. Everyone, you know, this, you drive on the left side of the road, you drive on the right side of the road. People really. But I, I, I don't think that like, explains it enough, though. Like to see that's and in my model of things. Okay, so you have much more too. I mean, you see, I have my big slide here. So this split the boat is only my first bullet point. Hang on, well, hang on, hang on. I just want to deal with this before we get okay. on to some of the other points. So, uh, like because in my mind, like I said at the start of the show, goal is, and I think you agree for Bitcoin any version is to become the one money that everybody in the world is using, right? So, and I had added a small stipulation as well that it kind of needs to be non-custodial to some extent, at least. You need the vast majority of the world transacting non-custodially on Bitcoin. If it ends up with too many custodians, we're right back to where you started. So really what we're talking about, the network effect that matters, even if the market cap or the branding or whatever follows the market cap of all the people involved, the ones that are actually important are the market cap of people transacting peer-to-peer non-custodially, right? So Bitcoin, in my mind, it's like Bitcoin got to 2017 and it's basically stopped. Like Bitcoin Cash has inched a little bit further ahead. And sure, it's not rocketing forward because of that loss of network effect. But despite all the price and despite everything like that, when you look at like the real peer-to-peer economy of of people, like most of BTC is just traded between exchanges. Lightning Network's not really getting anywhere. There's not, there's like El Salvador, which is kind of, not really working and uses custodian stuff like yeah, BCH it, has. Salvador is very much a double edged sword. It is yeah. quite up in the air as to whether or not everyone that's even going to work, ready. right? Yeah. But BCH so, has like Townsville. The El Salvador wallet is yeah, linked to their, their version of the social security number and their uh, identity. So it's fully custodial and fully KYC. Yeah. And so that is that is what. These poor El Salvadorians will think crypto means. Bitcoin is. Like yeah, it's the worst. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, so you have like Townsville and St. Kitts and stuff like that. Like you have, even despite all the problems, BCH still is proving that it could work. It hasn't broken through yet. And I would explain that by first we had to get rid of all these BSV people. And then there was the eCash people. And there was all these problems, right? So really, BCH has only had about two and a half years, about the length of this show, where everybody has been on the same page with what we're doing. There was so much infighting and How, see, that that so many years. This is why the politics yes. is real, because yes. the actual task of getting everyone on the same page, that is itself, that's something that that's is, the battle. you would have a library. It would be like chemistry, you know, like that is a real field of human knowledge. And I, I would say that's basically politics or, or something like it. Yes. Leadership or something. And so, yes, you've dealt with many issues here. So it's like, again, this is part of why the hard fork, the hard fork is a dangerous technique. You know, the drive chain is soft fork. 
Yeah. The soft fork is just better because it doesn't split the community. The hard fork splits the community. People don't like it when the community split. Most average people just, this is like driving on the left versus driving on the right, where people actually don't care which it is, but they want to know that they're on the same system as everyone else. They they just want, they don't want to be out of consensus or something. So you've dealt with many different things. Bitcoin SV is a perfect example of you live by the hard fork, you die by the hard fork, you split out. You say, we want larger blocks. Someone says, we'll split out. We want even larger blocks. Now, yes. you're, now you're in a very difficult position. And uh, if Bitcoin SV were the one that was more successful than BCH, if that had happened, they would split again. Someone else would run the same algorithm, you know, the same split algorithm. And so this is a... People like to be near people who are team players or they, they show loyalty to people who will show loyalty to them. And this is, uh, yes, these people clump up. So this is so the useful it, part of conformity is the teamwork. That's right. So it was a, it was a messy. So in my, again, mental narrative and, and you could have a different one and we're only going to see over the next, like, let's say five years. Right. But in my mind, there was all the sort of bad actors however you want to put it got filtered out in the btc for people who didn't really understand it or at the very least they had a different understanding of how bitcoin works how it should scale all that kind of stuff so you got rid of all those people who didn't agree with at least the way i read the white paper and thought it was all going to work and then you had the same in the bsv and the same with the xcc and then from that Mm. point and the reason i started this podcast was because i thought wait a second the bch community is ready to unite and things have been calmer over this last two and a half years than they ever have been before so my contention is that that's a huge problem like you said all these splitting off and so on but i think that it's over i think that over the next five years that i think actually one of the useful things about dropping so low in the rankings is that now everyone who's in the community understands okay we have a collective problem here which is we need to get like number 26 yeah. And so this forces everyone to be more proactive about agreement and I have to agree with something else that you said earlier, which, and, and I'm going to melt it down and recast it into my weird framework, yes. which Go is ahead. that we used to have, you said like, we need to get lots of people using Bitcoin slash Bitcoin cash slash whatever, you know, the idea is that whatever the concept is, and we don't want it to be custodial. So I melt that down and I recast it. And I say, we used to have a meme in Bitcoin called Bitcoin versus the banks which was that okay. you're either doing your transacting with a bank, you know, with whatever, PayPal, Venmo, credit card, call all of that the banks, call that, that's banking. Yes. It goes all the way up to the Federal Reserve and the, even the Bureau, Bank of International Settlements. The whole, the entire thing, uh, the entire column or whatever, pyramid, whatever you want to call it, that could be replaced by Bitcoin. That whole thing could be replaced. Everything that the Fed does, everything the Bank of International Settlement does, it's global, it's open source. So that was, again, a, a pie chart where it was like, here's the percent. Everyone, 100% is using banks or maybe and then like 3% is using like physical cash, like paper currency. Yeah. <laughs> and then like 0.001% is like using gold coins. Like you could go to like the Free State Project or something, like spend like a Peter Schiff like Gold. The gold leaf, yeah, yeah. yeah. The gold backs, yeah. They're amazing, by the way. I, I want to get one of those. I don't have one, but I'm going to have to go then, to New Hampshire to get one. This is the pie chart of how many consensual uh, economic uh, transactions, transactions. with, uh, like, yeah, 
or what, however you want to do it. You can do it by market cap. It's basically the same answer. So, uh, so it's all the banks and then a tiny little bit of cash and gold. And you say we replace that. We replace uh, all of that with the blockchain, and uh, that would be success. So that would be like what we win when the banks are all defeated and they're all dead. Yeah. So that is. So again, for me, it's also like this adversarial pie pie chart that adds up to 100% and one person's success is the other person's failure. Yes, and of course, yeah. sense of like kind of a cooperation is a fight to the death. Yeah, it's all in. You got to you got to win all in like yeah, I, we agree on that. I'm very right. sort of maximalist in that sense, not in a toxic way, just the same as you. Like it's not about saying anybody else can't do anything else. It's about it's only going to fly if we can go all the way to basically 100%. Like it it's right. all or nothing. Yeah. So yeah, we agree on that. Agree. So you see, but again, this is where we disagree is that you have, it's like I have these two things that are stuck together, which is the, the large block movement or the large block concept. Yes. And then there's the all these implementation details. One of which is the fact that there is this number one cryptocurrency BTC. See, like I, I have a very different interpretation of it. It's something like Bitcoin Cash caught a lot of idealistic people who thought the hard fork wouldn't be a big downside. I think it is a big downside. And you have to take it very serious, a very serious problem. And then also it's like more and more people who just are, uh, what you might say, like delusional about how bad it is to be low on the ranking are like, yes, I think there's a little bit of truth to both, but the heart of my critique is that you could have the idea 100% correct. And I don't think it would matter because it's like Esperanto is a better language than better yes. than English, but no one cares. Yes. We're, we're speaking English now and we're going to be speaking English 200 years from now. And yes. that's because most people speak English and it's better. Again, it's better to have the languages all have like annoying overlap that people don't like. So like nine is German for no, but <laughs> it's English for the, the number after eight. Yes. Rect, Dutch is rect for, for right. Yes. Like left and right, but wrecked is the shipwrecked or whatever. <laughs> ruined. So, so this, and this happens over and over again. We just want, people just want a consistent dictionary. Can I hop in here for yeah, just a moment? Care about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jet, get in there. Okay. So you guys are going on about a lot of technical stuff that I think, you know, nerds appreciate, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, I was using Bitcoin in 2017. When I saw the fees to send one transaction be $60, I was like, no, this is not for me. I'm never going to suggest this to anyone. I think the majority of people will have that reaction. So I, I yeah. well, I can appreciate right. the points. Can we just cut to the chase? Like, users aren't going to pay ridiculously high fees. You're right. What's the solution? Because it, it would be... It would be a one-shot KO, and and Bitcoin Cash would have defeated BTC if these fees uh, did not like if the if it were permanent if the fees had some kind of like longevity or permanence to them, such as if they were like every year it calculated like the new fee for the whole year, and there was, was not like fifty bucks or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be it because then it would just be like okay, fifty dollars for the next year. That's not going to work. But instead, that's why BTC is screwed because the fees go up and the whole community is like, oh, we've actually got our mining budget sorted. Of course, people won't pay it and they go yeah. back down. But in that spike, people have left. 
to other BDC has anti-network effect now because whenever it succeeds, like with ordinals, people get shoved off into alternatives. And that process is yeah. slow, but sooner or later there's enough churn that the rest of the crypto market is now already much bigger than uh but maybe not like by market cap, it's close, right? But all of crypto combined, there's so much more innovation, so many more devs, so many more conferences. There's more in the altcoin market than there is in BDC. And that narrative lead has been lost. More people join crypto through crypto than through Bitcoin these days, and they have for years. And that process is only going to accelerate. So how BTC didn't get a critical mass, it, it just hasn't. It's um, <laughs> it's a it's a question of like uh, perspective. So um, it's like this. The high fees are a problem. But the solution isn't automatically we adopt Bitcoin Cash. Uh, I think it, it might have been, if not for some of these other issues on my slide, it may yeah. have. They may have. These may have actually ruined the. They may have been that if these, some of these things had happened differently, Bitcoin Cash would have succeeded. All right. So, so hit me with some of these uh, reasons. Let's 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 talk through some of these. But it's very important to point out that some people will say they either the fees go up and the people just they think. Okay, once Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash is only 8x. So this is a problem of every blockchain in the world, the whole world. And I'm just going back to fiat because they don't have this figured out yet. Yes. Or they go to Ethereum instead of Bitcoin Cash. They say, okay, the number one isn't working. The strategy of being very conservative, keeping the block size small, being treating it like a digital rock, that's not working. But the number two coin is doing more like liberal more experimentation, weird other stuff. So maybe that's the one to try. So it's not automatically yes. the case that the, the fees, uh, and it's also not the case, under, it, it would be nice, again, because the fees are only up temporarily and often only up yes. during like a crazy bull market, the fee is often subsumed in the gains. So you have a situation where the coin is going from yes. like $700 to like $19,000. Someone thinks, well, I just paid $50 like six times. But I just made like a huge amount of money. Like I just made like a life-altering amount of money. So, and this is like the greatest performing asset. And then, you know, a stupid like TD Ameritrade or whatever is going to charge some random Joe the Plumber $75 a trade. So in in the yes. frame, the framing doesn't automatically translate uh to even though it pushes it absolutely pushes people away from BTC. 100 percent correct about that. That doesn't mean in this huge space they land on on BCH. Well, not yet they haven't, and that's that's right. right. I agree with you. Like, there's too much distractionary other stuff, and like you said, BCH is down the rank, so it's got to fight through all this noise of all this yeah. other crap, right? But so you want to go? If, this has very little to do with. I agree with Jet. The real question is like, what what should someone in Bitcoin Cash do today? And again, yes. this, that question comes in completely two different flavors of like, do you own? Are you like a BCH whale? Uh, and you yes. want the UTXO to succeed is different from do you want the large block concept or or the or the uh, some some version of that something that says something like we're not going to be crazy about keeping the block size down to make notes cheap or something. There's like the large blocker uh, movement or concept, yeah. and then there's like I own BCH. What do I do? Those are separate, and in fact, they may actually uh, have a lot of a disagreement. Right. Okay. So, I mean, for me, I think it's it's pretty simple. And I think most people in the BCH community, at least today, are on this page. That it's very, like I said, we're trying to get six and a half billion to eight billion people transacting in Bitcoin Cash, peer to peer, 
on the layer one blockchain. It's like that. It's it's that simple. And okay, at the moment we've only got you know whatever it is, ten thousand people using it a day, or five thousand, whatever it is, right? But this is an exponential. So if we can get like, can, if you imagine a scenario where BCH gets back in the top 10, let's just say maybe it's just a fluke. Price pumps, like recently it went from 100 to 250, right? It gets back in the top 10. Suddenly everybody thinks, wait, what's going on with Bitcoin Cash? They look into it. Network effect starts reforming. Like a, a flipping would be viable if BCH got a big enough price pump. And then all this network effect and all that, it would switch very fast, right? It's very difficult because the network effect, of course, self-perpetuates where yes. the people who are top and, and rising they have enormous momentum. Yes. And uh, nonetheless, so then the other thing is like, you want something that's not the network effect to be good, good enough to move, start moving you up. It needs to be 10 to 100x, yeah, better. You need a critical edge to be an innovative thing. And that has to be something that other people can't like learn from and then copy quickly. Yes. So this is the other issue with something that is too simple of a, a change of just changing the uh, block size limit uh, if that starts to really work, and you would see that in the BTC community, this would start to trigger uh, desperate creativity in people. Yes. Because one of the times in which people do become creative is when it becomes clear. They're under pressure. <laughs> everyone is conforming and it's not working. And then yes. people say that that starts to shut off the part of their brain that conforms. They say, well, this obviously, if this isn't working. We need to panic mode. And this is, again, similar to the losing election thing, where it's like if, if a political party in the United States loses an election like two or three times in a row, it will, it will become uh, self-critical. It will say, why do we always lose? We need to do something else. This isn't working, you know? And yes. I, I think this does also explain Trump to some extent, where Hillary, the, the, road, the road was paved for her to win. She had the conventional campaign locked down completely. Yeah. Now, many Republicans saw that coming from a mile away and they said we need to just throw some do something radical and pass yeah something something that we wouldn't normally do to win yeah. if we uh -huh. want just a chance if we want a five percent chance of winning we need so i think people are actually naturally very amenable to this type of uh reasoning so so that's kind of like what's uh, already happening because like i said this is already you're already falling low and now you people are motivated to use teamwork to but you have to have something that like cannot easily be copied. I think we have that though. I think we have so there's obviously the large block strategy is not necessarily unique. You have BSV, you have sort of Litecoin to some extent, maybe Dogecoin, but there is no UTXO layer one blockchain that has the sort of community governance and like hardcore. That that BCH does it's it's unique in that way. Yeah, community right? would be one example. Yes, because like the BTC people, they can, like you said, under in desperate times will spark desperate measures. I agree with that. But where we disagree, I think, is that in a scenario where BCH started rising and the like, because once the narrative shifts, it's over. The same as like coronavirus. You know, once everybody was like, oh, we don't need to wear these masks. Boom, it all went away like very quick. It's the the there's a prisoner's dilemma among people on the BTC side if BCH starts rising, because if the ratio rises, there's only 21 million BTC and 21 million BCH, right? So if the ratio is shifting, 95% of the, the BCH is already either lost or locked up by BCH holders. So every BTC holder is watching their share of the BCH chain shrink in real time, and they have to get a little bit to avoid 
you know, being left out and that self-perpetuates, right? So if that process... Yes, but it's in both directions, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. And that's, but, that's right. But BCH has proven that it can survive being a minority chain. B- BDC has no that's such true. proof. If the, if the good thing shifted, for you it. is that what sometimes happens, so like the Easter Island head uh, people or something, yes. died, basically. Yes. And it's thought that um, making making the, these heads and burying them, and the, the head is only, it's like a whole, it's got a whole shoulders and like chest that's buried underground. So it's very labor intensive thing and it's thought that uh they were they were making so many of these they had cut down so many trees or something and uh the ecology of the island started to just die off basically and it thought that the way the community reacted to this was they interpreted as the gods being uh, angry with them and they started to make even more as and the the rate of construction (laughs) of the easter island (laughs) ramped up dramatically in like the last 20 years or so and just leading to them all dying and this is another well-known thing is that sometimes like when people have the wrong idea they they start to lose and then they decide okay we need to conform the problem is we didn't conform enough we need to conform even more we need to like make sure udi is never invited to you know whatever exactly uh, conferences and you know do even less you know care even less about trying we're all we're under attack it's all these people who are coming in and they're trying to trick us into raising the block size we need to shrink the block size whatever yeah so, so that would help that would help you and of course the btc community is becoming more and more of a cult uh all the time which is very good for anyone who wants to compete that cult will uh is not you know so that's so does Dealing with dealing with the stigma is also good, and one way of dealing with the stigma, as you said, of um, of being low is to just say, well, you know, we've been low the whole time. We're still alive, so it's kind of like you know, uh, you flaunt it if you. Uh, it's a it's a resilience thing, right? There's no there's no chain which is as undeniably unkillable as BCH. There's nothing that can wipe out BCH. If there was, it would literally everything has been tried. And when you said about things being mm-hmm. unique, one of the things BCH has is obviously it has SHA-256, right? So again, price pumps, miners are proven. They just migrate. They just follow the money. So if yeah. the price pumps and we can get back all the innovation, all the mining security, everything can all just flip back to BCH and you can't copy that on any other coin except obviously like BSV and eCash, but again, they're in the worst situation then then we are for the same reasons, right? So that's also a unique angle that like proof of work, all that stuff. It's not, you're not going to start a new billion dollar mining industry on any other coin. It's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I think that's the case. I mean, I think again, like the network effects are very strong. And then of course, if each person has a, a, you're the, as Richard Feynman said, you're the easiest person to fool is, you know, is yourself or whatever. So uh, it's like, it's very easy to, think something will work if it's really not viable do you want to go through these are these are historical yeah, yeah. things but i think well that part let, of let's... winning would be to like rationally process some of these flaws and say yes. okay, we won't do this again okay yeah yeah let's hear it i'm i'm, I'm can i ask the... you got when i split the yes okay well if it's if you want to go through this first that's fine too i'm just curious do you think that the crypto market is mostly like speculators, investors, that kind of thing? And if so, 
Do you think there will be a point in time during our lifetimes where that will uh, kind of split off and you'll have the investment portion of it and then people that are interested in using it as their daily cash? I think part a huge part of what it is that people are speculating on is whether or not it will be adopted as by regular users. I think this is like a delusion in the BTC world that the BTC world think the BTC world thinks something like this. They think it's not currently being used by everyone, but it's smart people are working on it. They have like, and this is the same in Ethereum. I heard this all the time, like 2015, 2016. People, I would ask people questions, and then they would say like, Vitalik has said he's he's working on it or or something. So I think that most people take it on faith. They know that the amount of time that it would take for them to become acquainted with these issues on like the right way to scale blockchain, they're not going. They know that's not in the cards for them any more than they would become like a great automotive engineer or like someone who's going to like build a, like a satellite or something. So exactly. much people, they're not going to be able to. They know that most people they don't even know enough. You know, how would you be a great you know, chicken farmer or something. Most people have not a clue. They don't know any of the relevant problems or state of the art. People are specialists. And they, they, uh, so I think what's going through people's heads is something like, uh, I think open source technology, people are inventing stuff. They say stuff is being invented. And when the thing is invented, BTC will probably use it. I think that's a common belief. <laughs> but that's that's defied by reality, right? Yeah. Like drive chains is that is for that thoughts. thing, but it's not it's not a work from my perspective. You've been just gaslit for like 8 years with a captured dev team that never wants to listen. I also got to ask you about hiring Peter Todd. I think that's a hilarious strategy. Like you're paying him to tell you that he's a bad actor. Like what what where what progress are you going to make with with all of this? Is drive change Peter Todd specifically? I would like. He just has like a vague complaints, and that I exactly. Think he's awful. a bad actor. He's he's he doesn't. Well, I'd like him to write, write them down, and then he's going to come on Stefan Lavera's podcast with me for two hours. But you think that's going to change anything? All he'll do is he'll just change his arguments. He'll come up with some new bullshit. Like, have you never met anybody? Whatever it is, I'm willing to have it stand or fall on a a, a two hour thing that has a beginning and an end, whereas. Like on Twitter, but that's a logical argument. We already talked about people are conformists. Yeah. Things go on the way they go, even if you have the rational best arguments. But there's no reason with throwing off bullshit in the bank. There are things you can do if if the facts are on your side, and you have enough IQ points to match the opponent. You can eventually you catch someone in a contradiction, or just someone is just revealed as being unprepared, or they're humiliated, or they're just right. unreasonable, or something. So that is that is that is the key is that I think actually what mostly drives people is the fear of being humiliated. So yeah. I have to bring something and then people will weigh that they'll weigh whatever he has against what I offer which is like world domination of 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 the investment both financially, technologically and just culturally and just all that other stuff. So they'll so right now it's vague. It help he's helping him to be vague. Because yes. he's not correct. Okay, yes. Yes, I agree with that. So you're going to get this all clarified. What's the game plan here? You're going to do this podcast. You're going to get it all right. What happens if, even if you wreck him on the on the talk, then afterwards, 
all the cultists just double down because they're cultists, like we said, Easter Island, no drive chains, this guy's a shit coin, we, or whatever it is. You're absolutely right, but you need some kind of antibody to appeal to like indifferent people. You need to say, listen, you need like bullet points. Yes. Which is ironically kind of like this slide where it's like, here are the things, and here this is what was done wrong, and this is what will this is why. So you need like okay. it can't be vague. People because it's very much like the stigma idea of being 26th. You need to say, we are 26th, but this is why it doesn't matter. Yes. It won't work if it's like shame and these other stigma related things are very like, you're supposed to like avoid talking about them, but I don't think that that works. The only way is to just say, you know, I'm interviewing for this job and I went to whatever, like someone's went to Harvard and whatever I went to, whatever you want to call it buff state and they say uh i say listen i know i went to buff state but my my father is this whatever or so you say you say something you say but i i this is this one specific thing that you do is the thing i was interested in my entire life you just grab the bull by the horns and you say and 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 the other thing about stigma is people often they think if I don't hire the person from Harvard, I'll be blamed later. They think it, it it travels from mind to mind. It is contagious. So they it needs to be something else that's contagious. You need to have like some other thing that is contagious. So I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but it's something like people will think, okay, I know that this person would do a good job, but how does my boss know that I knew that or something? And then they say, well, it, it's something that looks a certain way it's basically like, okay, it looks a certain way to me, but how does it look to uh, an, an observer? And how does it look to the when that person's observed? So you take all the numbers and you you square them and then you cube them and then you add them to the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth power. And that's what it really looks. So, yeah. so, so you're trying to build credibility is basically what this comes out. You think you can make a credible... Like a sex offender registry or something. You may think, well, I don't care at all. And you might think, my friend, I know my friend doesn't care either. But then you think, well, wait a minute. What about if like my friend's girlfriend cares or whatever? <laughs> and then the friend's girlfriend might not care, but his girlfriend's friend might they might think that it cares. So every time there's ambiguity, it pours fuel. You're raising it to more and more exponents. So you see, it might have yeah. just been split 40 not 0. 0.49, 0.51 or something. It might have been fit like point. Negative 0.01 or whatever it is, like it's 0.99.102, like something that's like a slight disadvantage for one person, a slight advantage. But now once you raise it to like the four millionth power, it's one of them is basically zero and one is whatever. And that's why people from Harvard get whatever job they apply for. And because if the person turns out to be bad, it still looks like the hiring manager did a good job. I mean, it's it's, we blame Harvard. You say, why did Harvard graduate this idiot? So that's what I'm trying to say is it has to be something where it's not just clear to you. Like the fact that you know, you ever play a game like uh, Among Us or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know who the killer is, but that's not enough. You have to prove yes, you've it. You've got to you convince to everyone else. Yeah. Yes. So I understand your strategy is that you're going to try and prove to the BTC community that not only do you know that it's the best thing, but enough other people know it and the objectives like Peter told Anyone who would look just, into it. It has to be like down to like a... Five, 15 minute, you put it all on one web page. Yes. But that's what you've been doing for eight years with the drive chain blog and everything. And you have, you're no closer than you were. I think I'm actually, I think I'm getting much closer. 
personally. Okay. One reason why I'm not closer is we didn't um we didn't we I never had like put out like a I still haven't put out like a pull request or anything and we didn't put out we yes. had lots of, we didn't have a lot of example software. Yeah. Uh so we, we have done a lot of stuff. So it's true that I've done I've done much more I think than I should have had to have done. I think just yes. publishing the post in November 2015 probably should have been enough and probably everyone should have just said you know what this is actually a lot better than than uh, something like uh, Segwit or definitely Taproot because Segwit was kind of still in like a compromised vein where it was partly a block size increase as we already discussed and partly yeah. a lightning enabler. But part part of what happened was the people who would normally have been a champion of drive chain, they left to do Segwit 2X. They were the big blockers. <laughs> so that made it more difficult for something like my idea, which was like a compromise idea, because it said, well, those people that we were trying to keep are, they have already left and they have sort of declared war. They have let yes. launch a competing investment. So in, in many ways, the large blockers activities have not only failed, but have also subverted the large blocker idea. Uh, and On BC, at least. Instead, but, but right, we, we don't care about that. So that's fine. <laughs> well, right. That's, but that's my, that's what I'm talking about with this separation of like is it on one hand it's a conception of the public good so it's like saying we should have gay marriage or something it's like we should have large blocks we should not have constrained block we should have somehow we should have unlimited block size where where not uh where as you want to add more you can uh, run new software that adds eight megabytes here adds 20 megabytes here and uh, whatever so that's the idea and then there's like the details which is which is this slide. So, uh, but I want to know specifically, I, I want to know specifically, like if, if your plan to implement drive chain, if it sort of doesn't work, like you try and uh, convince Peter Todd or whatever, it doesn't work. You still don't win people over at what point, like how long is a piece of string? It, there's two, two ways of looking at it. What, what would convince you that you're never going to get drive chains onto BTC or will you just carry on with that forever? Or alternatively, what could BCH do that would be strong enough of a run against the network effect that you would see that the tables had had flipped? Like if BCH was a two on the coin market cap today, it was where Ethereum was. Would you be like, maybe BCH is going to? If they were one to one, would you flip to BCH? Well, I think if BCH goes from launching, then crashing way down, and then comes back up to being a tie, I would probably think most people would be like, "Wow!" Like, I think it would. It would. the The problem with re the price is very important, but the price is always yeah. a, like a second order thing. You know, it's like, what are people's beliefs? Like, how do we get to this point? Yeah, so, yeah. But let's just let's just say hypothetically, it, it's one to one. Are you on Team BCH now? Uh, I def I definitely would say. Well, I would say the instant it goes one to like the instant it goes to one one point oh one oh one, I would say that uh, that would probably. I, I think again, I hate to dodge your question, but I'm trying to answer it honestly. Which is that yes, part of the issue is is this going to stimulate the the dis the despair creativity in BTC where they're going to say oh we we cannot we. <laughs> Can we kick everyone out? We kick out whatever. We kick out safety and we kick out even Michael Saylor or something. What do you say? Yes. Like, who thinks that the success is preordained? We say, uh -huh. we, is it going to like reorient the, the whole project where now actually they have the same, they have the same tech stack, 
but just different UTXO set, set. So it's always the question of why. But my guess is that it wouldn't make it to that point if that were the case. But, but let's just say it was. Let's say, hypothetically, with theory crafting here, we hit we hit 1.001. Are you on team BCH? I think though, but you're you are kind of dodging my question, which is to say I'll, that, I'll answer your question and just give me just give me the answer. Because there's permanent features that have nothing to do with the price. Uh huh. And then there's the price. So if they tie, and then the it would come down to the permanent whatever the permanent features would, would be the the tiebreaker by far. Okay, so if we would, but you made so many arguments about the network. They have to be very good to drive it up from twenty six to tie. Yeah, so we'll, yeah. we can talk about those uh, those yeah. features and things that we're doing to innovate. But like, what if BCH is two to one in price ahead of BDC? Then is, any of your arguments about network effect and whatever. Yeah, that would, I think that would all all the reasons why BCH would is as a disadvantage. Yes. To BTC today, all of that would apply double in reverse. Yes. Or yes, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yes, hundred percent. So then, so so then, BTC in particular is kind of fragile, as you were saying, because it has yes. never been without the crown. So yes. it's never known. It has never tasted true adversity in a way. Yes. So if it were ever flipped by anything, I would say that would be a very bad day. It was just flipped for. It would be a good day for Bitcoin Cash for Ethereum to flip BTC. Yes, it would weaken BTC. I think like a ton. Are you worried about that? Do you think that's think that on the horizon? Possible. I think that's like five, six, seven, eight percent chance of happening. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So there's zero percent chance. But I think the thing about Ethereum is it's trying new things all the time. And most yeah, of those things I are agree. Bad, but that with Darwinian yes. evolution, most of those things are bad. Um, but it's still eventually they get there. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So on a long enough time scale, they they're going to catch them, right? This is this is what it sort of comes down to, like. This is what I was saying about in 2017 BTC stalled and the network effect has taken it a long way. Maybe it'll take it a long way further, but enough people throwing enough darts at the wall in the altcoin market right. is eventually going to flip BTC. It's a it's a guarantee, basically, unless you can get in drive chains. And yeah, so but I kind of sort of because I think part of what yeah. happens is people show up, they learn the rules of the cult, just like in my avatar paradigm. But then yes. it's too easy, actually, because it's too simple. And then people start to ask little questions like they say, well, you know, I've never really used Lightning, but uh, they say it's really good. Then they use it and they're like, eh, <laughs> it's okay. Or they're like, I can't really tell if it's custodial or not. That seems important. So I think that people, it's, it's too easy to perfect. And it actually becomes boring also. Like you learn the talking points. You learn all the good uh, Michael Saylor talking points, which are very good. Michael Saylor has done a pretty good job of only taking... He's left a lot of the dumber ones by the wayside to his but all, but all the dumb people are now in BTC. That's the, that's the problem. You have a network effect of all the cultists. Like that's not getting you very far. Yes. So your network effect at the price and the hash rate level and the brand level is strong. The hash rate but your network effect at the... The hash rate is a the, reflection of the price. Yes. means nothing at all. Okay. So price and brand then let's say... And yes. maybe technical integrations, strong network effect, but that comes with the network effect of all the laser eye morons, right? So it's a question of whether that's enough, you think, to carry the day. But I would well, argue people, that the community people, network effect is the hardest thing to change. Once something is rooted into that culture, it's impossible to get out. It's often, though, you are right that these people are not the highest quality and certainly not the most like intelligent or creative. But again, people are thinking. I want the biggest network effect. And they think, oh, I have a bunch of morons in my network who are never going to leave. 
they're so stupid they'll still be here when this ship sinks that, that's what exactly what i'm saying what they think that's start thinking because i have more people now on my team you're going to be left with all the morons. That's what's happened. All the devs, all the excitement, all the all the interesting and creative people. Ninety nine percent of them are in it's all attitude. It's a lot. In large part, it's additive. You say I got like twelve smart people plus ten thousand yeah. morons. That's actually or to have a plus a hundred thousand morons is still it's still better. It's not going to get you to global reserve currency you're though. You're growing. You're the number one coin. You're growing. You're it's not part, growing though. You're the club it's, everyone wants to get into. Yeah, I agree that. But they don't, <laughs> except for I, ordinals that briefly I, brought it back. It, I agree it like, that it hasn't grown. It hasn't grown it, since 2017. I think it actually has basically been flat. And that the, the there you go. This has been like that. That has been accurate. Yes. Yeah. The 20. It, it really went to, in December 2017. It went to 20,000, and now it's like 30,000. That was the uh, COVID inflation. Yes. And like that's basically what happened. I have one right. more question. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, so this is coming. I've said this on the show a bunch of times now. I feel incredibly confident in Bitcoin Cash because I've seen people where you're just like, okay, what are you interested in? Uh, and most of the time it's like Dogecoin or some, yeah, like, yeah, almost offensive, right? And so you go, okay, we'll try out the top five. What has the best user experience for you? I have never once heard someone say Bitcoin. The only time you hear people say Ethereum is that they're making ridiculous degen gains, right? And so over time, the more people that go through this process of discovery with cryptocurrencies, I feel like are going to end up on the one that is most useful for them. And I really don't see yes. a lot of use to most pe most people aren't investors, right? So they're not going to pay too much attention to DeFi or even exchanges once we get to the point that I'm looking for. Uh, and so my question to you is, where do you think the process of discovery will lead people given your narrative of the crypto market? But again, remember, I have these, I have these, two, like, I have these two separate issues, which is like, yes. you can throw a party and you can say, I have a bunch of nice couches in the living room or something, but everyone's just standing in the kitchen and you can say, well, why is this? The, the couches are so much better, you know? Yeah, but we need the cool it people. It doesn't work that way, you know? Like, people people have already, they clump up, and uh, and they don't, you know, some people are easy to move, but those people end up with the people who are hard to move. They, they're they the center of gravity, the hard-to-move people, and the easy-to-move people clump up around them or whatever. It's like, you know, you have a couple, maybe you have some people who are, like, uh, disabled in a wheelchair, they're overweight, and they're not going to get out of the, wherever their seat is. <laughs> That's the room. Everyone will end up in that room. It's no, like, no. I hang on, hang on a second, hang on a second, Paul. Uh, you're talking my language here. I'd love this. I I threw a lot of parties at university, right? Yeah. So I agree with you. You do need to get a critical mass of the cool people into your room, right? So that's what this podcast right. is, right? And that's at least you know you might think it's a great attempt. It's not a terrible, you know, it's a cool already. good or a bad attempt. But you're here exactly. You you've rocked up. So we're already got more credibility that this is the cool party <laughs> than we did. Two hours ago, right? Of course. So if I can, so this is why I'm asking you about the price. Is there a certain number of, uh, you know, from a list of the top 100 BTC people, is there a certain threshold of them that if I got them all on the show, had a chat, they were all like BCH is kind of cool, doing some interesting stuff that you would flip? It's another variation of the same question. Give me the line. What's the line at which you'll flip? And then I'll yeah, go down the list. I'll find those other people. And I'll do that. On the right lines. I think. Yeah. I think like um 
there's like some self delusion in every coin, right? They always think, yes, whatever it is. Oh, this is the summer of Litecoin or something. We just got to get Litecoin people like on my podcast or whatever. I think yes. uh, it's it's kind of like it's well. This is the question: How to win if you are smaller is some kind of you know unimitable things that are can't be imitated. These these features. Bitcoin Cash podcast. You can't imitate that. That's true. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of BTC podcasts, too many BTC podcasts. Yeah, but they all suck. They all suck. Yeah, You're having a better conversation of, here I than on any of those. The lack of uh, novelty, I think, is key, where they are, it's a similar thing to what I was saying, which is a perfectible culture, like the East yes. Island thing, where it's like... They, it's in a loop. It's like so ants. Much, so much can be said in the BTC podcast, right? That's you right. Fix the money, fix the world. Twenty-one million, you know, TikTok. Michael Saylor, yeah, yeah. In, institutions are coming. Respectable, and uh, it's new. A lot of people. At every given year, a lot of people are brand new. It's their first twelve months. So, at first, they're like, "Wow!" They're like, "What is a private key? I can have as many as I want." People are like, you know, they have to learn all this stuff. You know, they learn the basics. You know, hash function. Oh, you can take a hash function like a eight terabyte. So people are learning. That people are new, and then they don't realize how, that one that the conversation continues. But I think this is a similar thing where they they get stigmatized in the BTC world, and then they don't know how to leave. How do they How do they leave and end up in BCH? All right, Paul. The That's chat is going crazy. We got to um, cut. People it. are asking things. Oh, cash, tokens. cash tokens. Do you know what cash tokens is? My guess is it's some kind of like a bit asset, like a counterparty on BCH or something. Yeah, it's it's basically like uh, the BCH protocol upgraded on May 15th with fungible and non-fungible tokens directly integrated into at a minor validated level, right? Uh, and the key point, which I know you'll sort of grok with only about five seconds to think about it, is that you can also attach some arbitrary data in what's called a commitment field. So you can now not only have a fungible and non-fungible token ecosystem, You're and NFT can uh, carry a message. Image no, or... no, 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 no. Not like that. Like an arbitrary data string, just a small one, just like a few, I don't know how many, but it's like a couple bytes worth of data, right? So you can now use an NFT, can carry a message between contracts on the chain, right? So you can have a whole DeFi right. ecosystem in UTXO, even though it's all stateless and parallelizable and so on. And global state introspection. There you go. Uh, okay, that's that... good. I think that's like a good thing to do. I mean, I don't know yes. if that would be like enough, you know, because like, but that's good. You should be thinking like, like, okay, these NFTs, ICOs and NFTs and similar things, they've been around forever. There's... Yeah, we're not talking about that. There's not, there will be some of that, but when I, I say that as a good thing, I say this is clearly something that people actually want. Yes. You can even see stuff like, uh, a lot of people you pay you pay every month for something like Carta. You know about that, where this is like a startup's cap table. Oh, I don't know that. And you pay money, and it's basically just a CSV file. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but it's uh, this is an important thing that, to keep it right and to let everyone know that they're looking at the same cap table. But the uh, the the ICO world and tokens can replace that. And of course, you have people like Bruce Fenton who has been in the securities world uh, for a long time. People are trading stocks, bonds, other derivatives, exactly. other claims yeah. for things. 
they say they complain all the time the old system is doesn't work and uh the the critiques of this that say you say this represents a stock of a company the company isn't on the blockchain the company still needs order people say the, the people who with expertise say yes you're right but i don't care because company is still good i the the the, the process by which my google stock moves around I just want to improve that part. So it doesn't matter that Google isn't. I don't want the whole thing to be cypherpunk dream or whatever, but I want a little of it. <clears throat> I just want this. All right. So this is a thing that people want. So building things that people want, that is definitely... And get us that critical edge, right? The way to go. Uh, and you definitely want something. Yeah, so I feel that way about like prediction markets. I feel I have a bunch of stuff yes. that I personally have invented. This thing called like Coin News or whatever. I think people also, uh-huh. want, yeah, get privacy option. The zk snark is you know steal zcash, steal the Ethereum EVM. I would steal everything. It's all open source. I would steal all that, and I'd steal every good so idea. So why don't why don't why don't you launch prediction markets on BCH? The capabilities there today, we're offering well, I don't you. Oppose any of that? I deal with I'm Peter smoking. Todd. I don't. Um, my view. It, I think if, if something, if I could do everything over, I would launch. I would have launched uh, Truthcoin or whatever as an altcoin, probably in the same way that they did a Monero, because I had no idea that it would take so long to get sidechains or interoperability. Yeah. Uh, into <clears throat> into one of the major uh, coins. So, yeah. so that is uh, what I would do differently. Um, I think the. Like as time goes on, I just see the the stigma for, for BCH sort of getting worse. I don't oppose. Isn't it getting better? Like I, uh, if people say something like, "I want to copy what Paul did into Bitcoin Cash," and then yeah. they message me and they say, "You know, like, will I help advise?" Then for free, then the answer is yes. Obviously, I would. So I don't. I don't oppose. There's nothing like. I'm. I think it's. But why don't you do it? What, what's What's this shifting the the responsibility onto someone? It's your idea. You want to you want to launch it. You can keep well, arguing the BDC, a... or you can make it happen today. Like what what are we waiting for? Well, that's a good question. I think you know the answer is that actually now I have like new. I have many ideas, and one of them is trying to get uh, whatever drive chain on BTC. Yeah, I'm kind of working on that idea. But that's what I still don't understand. Like at what point? What's you've surely you've got a point in mind because you can carry on forever like bashing your head against the wall yeah I think what we you think you can get there but i don't think you can after that if it doesn't work are you going to give up when when do you give up i think after the uh i think it's like this peter todd thing and then the pull request yeah the actual pull request i think what i'll say is here is the pull request yeah. i know that it doesn't meet the 100 percent popularity bar today yes <laughs> yes. And uh, here it is. And then I would say I uh, take it or leave it. And then I say if you don't, if you aren't taking it, I assume you're sort of leaving it. Uh-huh. And I think then I would do something else. But I, so in a similar vein, I don't think that. I mean, I don't. I don't know that concentrating on VCH is like the. I mean, I would. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But I think that if you i don't know it's it's difficult because the question of what's best for each utxo holder in vch that yes. may not be what's best for like you may be able to make more money by selling the vch utxo for btc forking btc again and then because now you get coins on both 
selling the BTC uh, after the split and then buying more of this new thing, this new third thing, Bitcoin Cash, you know, redone or something. But you're so far behind at that. That's the problem is if, you know, BCTH had a rough run, we had got dumped on by one megabyte laser eyes for years and years and years, driving the price into the ground, had further community splits, had all these problems. Like that's if you start a new fork today, you're getting yourself in for five years of pain during which BCH is already going to be crushing it. And what what was the point to make yourself a little bit richer? You should have just converted to BCH, right? I think the point is that actually many of the people were actually either indifferent or very ignorant. Mm-hmm. They have this bell curve. And um, so the idea would be something like a lot of people in BTC, maybe they hated the large block. They hated, they thought Bitcoin Cash had no future in 2017. Yes. Now well, most people like, now, are, are, they, they might think now out. is more like, okay, I'll hold one of each. But they could still think that today with BCH. If they just became convinced, like if you just had it in your mind, do you have any BCH, by the way? To me, it is really like the guy who goes into the other room and there's no one in there. They say, tell everyone, everyone in the party, come into this room. We're we're going in circles. We're going in circles. Status quo is a very, uh, in game theory, the status quo is punches far above its weight. Yes, 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 yes. Many, many. No, no, I understand. I understand. We can't. We can't just keep going in circles. Well, we agree. BCH needs a critical edge, right? So that's why I'm trying to ask you: is what what proof could I provide you that BCH has that? Whether it's a price target, it's somebody who came on the show, it's how many Twitter followers I get. Just give me any one target. I'm not going to devote all my resources. Like that would be like that would. That's it. It's game over. We would. The question would then be, what had happened in like three to six months earlier that you know? Yes. Okay. So right. that's like uh that's kind of an unfair answer to your question because you're really trying but to it say, can't be it can't be it can't be like one to one surely is not what it would take right because if bch was 50 percent of bdc it was number two slightly higher than ETH. can you imagine the insane flipping hype it would be off the it would be the number one crypto story by far right so right. really we're we're splitting hairs on a spectrum there's, at what uh, point does that kick in point also to bring up that it's not so much i think my view is that it is a kind of an election so i think there's btc there's number one there's number two and then there's the rest yeah so that's how i think of it which again maybe most people probably don't but again yes. this is my me trying to give you my weird take on it so no no i mean i'm enjoying this like democrat republican and then you have yes. the rest yeah and it's kind of like because the network effects are so strong the only thing that could beat one of the two major parties is the other party. You know what I mean? Like yes. you're just not credible enough. And that's how people think and it's self-reinforcing and that's just the way it is. So to flip even ETH would be, that would be crazy because then you would be the new, yes. uh, what they call opposition party. to be yes, the people yes, in power, yes. but now you'd be the alternative. And they would say yes. proof of stake was dumb. EVM was Either dumb or it could, something that B, BCH could easily copy. So is yeah. BCH copied EVM? UTXO is superior to account. Like this, these would all be settled issues now. And the yeah. question would just be cult laser eye version versus like more experimental large block version. Yeah. So that would be huge all by itself. But the question is, really, what you want to know is how do I get up into that? 
There's these two. Oh, no, I don't want to know that. I, I know how to get there. I'm I'm working on that. Don't you don't worry about that. I've got that under control. What I'm trying to do is get you on record as to what's the tipping point. And then I'll find another BDC influencer and another one and another one. And I'll get them all on record. And then what's I'll make the tipping a tipping point. Yeah. Well, like I say, uh, to me, I all I can maybe I'm just repeating myself and this isn't helping, but I'm thinking like the way I think of it is. How to win if you're small, uh, you know, like you have to, something the the bigger people can't copy. You have to deal yeah. with this this self delusion cope that all the minor people have, like the younger, like uh, everyone who's in the Green Party or the Labour Party or whatever. They think, oh yeah, this is going to be our year. I'm not asking about everyone. I'm, I'm asking about you. With the fact you're a that these people are so self deluded. If there's some plan for that, that that's that's key to like show it. Yeah. To show the normal people that you are serious. Because everyone yeah. has seen the guy in the Green Party say, next year is our year. We're going to get, yes. you know, and we just, we just, I, I can't tell you how many times Jill Stein or whatever, they've said, oh, we just do student loan forgiveness. And they say, that's, <laughs> everyone who has said a student has a child or a friend, that's 33% of the population right there. And you just think, man, these people are like, have disappeared up their own, like behind there. These people are crazy. Yes. These people are just del completely delusional. And so that's key. It's like some kind of, you know, that's where I'm saying you grab all the stigma by the horns, so to see. You say like, listen, okay. I'm like, you know, you say like, I'm a Nigerian businessman. You email the person, you say, listen, I'm from Nigeria. I know there's lots of Nigerian scams, but I'll, you know, I'll wire you the money in advance, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, Roger V has a story like this, but. He does, yeah. It's a type of a story. So that was. So I, I agree. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. We need to we need to make an undeniable statement that this is serious business and like getting to number two on coin market cap would be that would be that kind of a statement, right? So then what I'm what I'm asking is for you individually, you're a voter. You can you can pick. Is that is that what it will take getting to say well I'm still thinking about it. I think so. I have an architecture that I think is superior to BCH, yeah. which is so you have the small block L1 and yes. large block optionally above and this seems to give everyone what they want as far as i could tell because but I, that's where that's where i'm not too sure i agree that on a technical sense maybe it does but even if you did that like you asked uh kurt kurt walker jr when you talked to him recently look if that happened on bdc would with the bsv people all just sort of get in there and then everyone's happy everyone's got what they want but i don't think they have yeah he, kinda... he, he said he said some of them would would check it out and then maybe it would prove itself and attract the rest. I think it probably would because the BSV people are already looking at I was I was asking that question very earnestly, thinking the answer would probably be no. And he was saying, yes. well, yeah, he said basically the answer is probably yes because he said BSV isn't going anywhere. So he's That's he's right. Kind of They're looking for the exits. What I was yeah, saying. Yeah. So I would say one thing that would convince me if the BCH community said, actually, we want large blocks, but more than that, we care about being popular to everyone and we know that so you you like basically implement like it's the utxo set of bch yes but the l1 blocks is bitcoin core version 25 and it has taproot or something what okay. it has right. drive chain and then it has large block l2s that are like bitcoin cash that have cash tokens or whatever but it's all in the same you know via drive chain or whatever like you have like you just copy exactly what i you just copy the exact design, but it's the same UTX. It's the same people who own the coin. You just hard fork and just convert it completely. You just load. This is actually easy to do. You just, you basically, 
you just fork Bitcoin Core, add drive yes. chain, add side chains that are Bitcoin Cash in their current, convert Bitcoin Cash L1 into Bitcoin Cash to side chain. Take all of our other side chains, which include a, a copy of the latest version of Ethereum and a copy of the latest version of Zcash, yeah, which will include my prediction market thing, which I will build. And it also improves. Yeah. We, we have a high performance. So just take take all the ideas that I personally have. Now, again, like I think my ideas are good, but I'm heavily biased. I don't know if anyone else will think they're good. These may be stigmatized ideas. But you you copy Bitcoin Cash in its current form, everything you like about it. You just say, this is now a BIP300 sidechain of L1. And uh, you, that's the code. And when the code, when everything's done, you just delete, you say that we, we launch at this block height, we delete the Bitcoin Core UTXO set, we add in the Bitcoin Cash UTXO set, we hard fork to this. Now this would do many things. I'm just trying to give you an idea of how I think about things. You now could have the small block, you could have a, you could shrink the block size. You have the small block version. You do exactly what BTC, what Bitcoin SV did to you. And you say, you when you, and then when you go talk to the BTC people, you tell them, yeah, it's really important to have a small block size. Uh, you tell them uh, the nodes have to be cheap. We need to have decentralization. You just use. But all they're the wrong. They're, they're deluded. That's that's the problem. Just like uh, yeah, I'm talking to them. Like, them. So you just say. But I already do that, dude. Just, I already go and tell them Bitcoin. L one. You say L one will never change again. Ossification uh, is important. And you just you use all that. And now you still do whatever you want in Bitcoin Cash, which is still where people are hanging out or whatever. You just. You can even like load like some UTXOs on L1 and then most of them on Bitcoin Cash, you know, because you're hard forking, do it everyone. And now you have, you're just giving everyone all these options, just giving everyone if the Ethereum clone, you have the Zcash clone. You have, if people want the small block, you see, this reduces the stigma because now you're saying, we think large blocks are good, but if you want small block, you want to- They've already got that. Who? Who would be convinced? Who who is joining this new chain besides you? you because the BDC every, people have beat it. They've got it. Open pitch to everyone, and you say whether or not you want Taproot or not, we've got you covered. And whether or not you want large blocks, we have you covered. We are the only chain that does not have the stigma. Everyone else has something they can't do, but we do everything. So I think that yeah, I, would, I mean, there are chains like that, like. Fucking polygon or whatever those random coins are trying to be like. You did whatever. That, I would still be thinking in my head like this is number twenty six, and that's exactly, exactly, exactly. So I agree I, would, with you. I would be at that point. I would be thinking, wait a minute, this is number twenty six. So if I sell one Bitcoin, I can get like like hundreds of these of the. And I would think that, and then I would think probably that start that logic starts to make sense, and then yes. the gap closes. Yes, and then, uh, as the cl gap closes, it's uh, then it does more, become more people. It becomes self fulfilling, right? So, and then I think the big thing, the really big thing, would be is somehow you could demonstrate that the irrationality in the BTC community really will last forever, and it has no hope of like actually going away. Which I think that is, it's well on its way to being demonstrated, but not completely. <laughs> not I've got, I've got, well, I've, I've got, I've got a present for you there. I have a thread. I'll send it to you after this where I have called out Eric Wall and Udi for their cognitive dissonance. And they're aware of these threads. They've even replied to I it. I don't even think they, they they're not even considered like real Bitcoiners, kind of really, though. Exactly, exactly. All right. So like, well, I mean, I think, how, how also, am I supposed to They're like the that? rational. They're also, Eric and Udi are like the rational 
critique people in Bitcoin. Yes. They're like, they're yes, thinking, I agree. They, why do we build up these Easter Island heads? We need to cook yes. food. We need to plant the, some of these trees we're cutting down. That's right. But they, they, they're in the same position as you. They don't understand. Well, they're, they're in a different, slightly different situation because their cognitive dissonance is we can't admit we were wrong. So we've got to kind of try and turn the ship around here. Now, you've kind of got that, but at least you have a viable plan. Their plan is just we don't want to admit we were we were wrong because otherwise... They yeah, my position is something like the network effect is so strong that it doesn't really matter almost how wrong it is. I'm sort of stuck here. Yes. And that that but that has mostly worked out fine for me because, you know, BTC has yeah. done well from the price and cultural point of view. So it's hard to say that that has been that position has been like refuted from my point of view. It seems more like it was vindicated because I say, look at listen how dumb it's been a really dumb five years, but still we're number one. And in fact, we're we've gained on Ethereum and other things in some ways. So well, no, yeah, not like not not in terms of in the price way, but not in the uh, not in like yeah. the community way, right? But but that's, that's why I, that, the whole point. Yeah, that's right, right. So I agree with you about all of that, and it kind of comes down to. Yeah, demonstrating a critical edge. Now, one of the ironic things I think about this network effect arguments is that like BTC people say we have the biggest network effect. And it's like, no, the US dollar has the biggest network effect, but they believe they can flip that. And in the so right. they, I, I say this also. they have a critical edge. Yeah. I say if you believe in network effects, then you think BTC will be destroyed by the US dollar and the US dollar That's will right. destroy yen and everything else. Yes. And like there's of course that does isn't the way it works because political fiat uh rubbish you know means that there's an, a number of fiat options and then in crypto you do have a 100x advantage or at least you did with uh bitcoin before the split against usd so it was growing despite the network effect and now bch is in the same position that it needs to get a basically a 100x combined advantage whatever is big enough to outweigh the network effect to start attracting people back into it but if it hits that tipping point then it's all over from there, right? If BCH gets 100x lead, it, like as soon as people start migrating, they already are a little bit, but as soon as it hits a tipping point of enough people, there's no way BTC is ever going to catch up because if the network effect is not enough, then then they're all in pain. Okay, I got to ask you about Jason Dreisner. So he has been a big part of this cash tokens initiative on BCH. He's launched that. He's said that we can essentially do drive chains using it, but maybe the proof of stake instead of the proof of work version by using the same truth coin voting type principles and he's also credited it is different than the truth coin those are different can you explain explain that yeah truth coin is peer to peer oracle and a right. prediction marketplace so the truth coin will figure out whether or not someone won the election later you can bet on it today then the election happens then the algorithm will figure out what happened and it will pay off the right people. And uh, that's great. That's one of the things you would want to do to win would be try to get carve out these, find new markets or do stuff where no one else is doing it. Get a little community together of people who use the blockchain to solve their own problems, uh, such as this political speculation. Yes. So I think where that's coming, we're working on it. We're going to have prediction markets on BCH 
eventually it's just the real problem with the small network effect is we've got small amount of horsepower you know we don't don't have yes. tons of money don't have tons of devs I think, that's, that's a big problem you know this Get prediction there, market thing i have uh, i've studied it with uh you know with uh, love and uh giving it my entire attention for like a long time and a yes. lot of people screw it up and i have written many times about what to do instead but no one listens to me uh, but the, but then I'm, I'm born out always in the facts which so I'm happy to uh, explain yet again what to do, and uh, you know, I'd help with that. I think that's a, that's another thing where this is the type of thing where the people will be betting, uh, but they'll in their brain they'll be thinking it's in U.S. dollar terms. And in fact, you can do a prediction yes. market in a way where you have bet on multiple things at once. They have many dimensions, like cubes and stuff, instead of lines. And one of them can be that you short the BTC or BCH USD price. And then people are effectively betting in dollars. And now, now that would be very good because you have now something where it is unaffected by the, the price and relative rank of BCH. Yes. We're just betting in US dollar terms on uh, whatever they would like to bet on, which can be lots of things. And this will cancel. So would I, hang, on, hang on a second. So would I blow your mind if I told you that the sponsor of this show, BCH Bull, has made that implemented today on Bitcoin Cash? That you can make, uh, you know, DeFi contracts where you and I are putting ten dollars each into a BCH. You know, I put in ten BCH, you put in ten BCH, and after X period of time, I get back the same USD value, and you get back the rest. So you're matching up people who want a flat rate against an alternate currency. Well, I mean, blow my mind would be the wrong phrase because, of course, I already published how to do all of that like in 2014, like almost 10 years ago. So but we I, have it. We've I've built it. It's working. So, I mean, I, yes, yeah. but you can use it right now. I would like to, I would like to look into it. And, and uh, so because, of course, but yeah, but like, I think it's a great idea, of course. You don't have to convince me. Yes, yes, yes. But that's right. That's what I'm saying is you're saying that's the kind of thing and I agree. Okay, it's so we're going to have USD denominated. All what you do is, uh, one clever thing would be to like market it and, and and try not to even explain that it's a Bitcoin Cash thing. Yes. But then you don't want I people think to think, oh, to I'm that. signing on to the 26th thing. What you want people to think of is I can do betting on sports or betting on whatever if I just download this app. Yeah. Exactly. Draft Kings, they just download, you know, Cash Kings or whatever. Yes. And you don't want them to even think about that. And then that's good because it doesn't even hit any of the stigmatized neurons. They just think yes. fun thing I like, and uh, and then uh, you just do that, and then that then you can grow that without the stigma weighing you down. And yes. as long as you grow that exponentially, there'll be more more people using the network, uh, buying up BCH. The price will yes. then go up, and then you don't even tell people until it's until it's number two, number three. <laughs> yes. Then you flip it the other way. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of that is kind of the strategy. I mean, I'd, I I'm interested that you're so worried about sort of so-called stigma because I think that's that's less and less of an issue every single day. I think the vast majority of people who are not laser eyes, who are not our target audience anyway, they they don't really care about that either. They don't really understand BCH, Bitcoin, BTC. To them, it's all Bitcoin, close enough, or they don't know about it and they've just come into crypto via Ethereum and they already see the problems in BDC. So if we say it's like the good bits of Bitcoin, but without all the nonsense, then people that's actually a positive pitch rather than a negative one, I think. I think it's possible that it's just my own personality emphasizes certain different things. 
So yes. I'm just telling you honestly what I feel that that type of thing would bother me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. People probably not, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. We've got we've got 10 minutes left on our slated uh amount of time. I don't know if you yeah, you told me you've got like a little bit of time, but then we had a couple other topics here that we can maybe just hit on before we close out. Something a bit different uh from all that. What do you think about WorldCoin? So WorldCoin is launched. I think you know, I think it's a bad idea, but I think it's oh people are over they're laying on the hate really yeah. strong. And I don't think they really know what they're talking about. This is just another example of everyone is a faker, you know, everyone is a phony. And they just everyone wants to hate on WorldCoin. I don't think they really know anything about it. They just know it's it's just it's creepy and weird, but it's not I mean, why did it they make creepy it? And weird. the eye scanner thing? It looks like a gigantic eyeball. Like, like what is like <laughs> but you know, there was a guy at Mining Disrupt who had like set up shop there and I went up and I talked to the guy. Just some poor guy trying to make a living scanning people's eyes. Yeah. And I was like, you're probably not gonna get a lot of people here. The other guy at the booth, there was some guy from a pool, and that guy had like scanned his eye the previous day, and he invited this guy to come in. Anyway, so like apparently it scans your eye, and then it takes a hash. Yes. And then they don't take your name or anything. So the only thing uh -huh. it does is it's if you scan again, it'll get the same hash. Yes. This is what they say happens. No one knows if any of this of is course. It's probably all. Yeah, false. yeah. It's probably yeah. Scans, <laughs> probably scans your eye and takes sends the full seven gigabyte i <laughs> but yes that's what they say is that they don't take so they say they have their thing they say i think it's a terrible idea i think partly it's like you know basically the concept is uh the concept is like how poor do you have to be for like 60 dollars to really make a big difference in your life is another yes. aspect of it like if you have like a white collar job or you're like vaguely have your you got your life together and you're not like a complete train wreck, then $60 is not so much. So it's kind of like sorting the world into like really poor people versus rich. And you never want to be in the poor person club if you can avoid it, of course, which is, yeah. I think, part of why there's so much hate also. It's a, just a status thing. It's a, but I think, you know, mostly people don't really know what they're talking about. And it's just, it's the, it's the thing du jour to just hate. So it's nothing more or less than that. Don't scan your eye and don't yes, really don't, scan your make eye. A big, don't make a big deal about it either. It's just a stupid thing. If you don't understand uh, why not to scan your eyes, look up this movie, Minority Report. Fantastic movie. See, but here's the thing. In that, they have the eye What's scanner that? like everywhere anyway. So when you're getting yeah. on the uh, he's getting on the subway, scans everyone's eyes. So it's like you're you're screwed anyway. If they build that, well, this is step one. That's why we got to. Scanning everyone's eye, then it's not gonna matter if they had the weird eyeball or you know. <laughs> we we got it, we gotta kill the idea. We got it, we got we got this to just it's gotta crash and burn so that people understand like this is we, people don't want this. We don't want eyeball scanning technology to advance too rapidly. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck that. Good Fuck luck that. With All right. That. So don't don't scan, don't scan your eyeballs. We got meme of the week here. Uh, I thought it's pretty funny. Somebody made this uh, meme of the all the rich banker running the world type people laughing, hilarious meme. And then they said, "We'll steal their money with Bank Man and steal their old identity with Alt Man." I thought that that's, was that's, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, Alt Man and Bank Man. I mean, you know, <laughs> shady to me. I've been, you know, they may be perfectly nice guys, but. <laughs>
I don't know. They seem really, they have that weird detached feeling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the psyops, the elite psyops on the individuals. And I, I mean, also got to say quick... elite psyops and then it's like, are these people even smart enough to pull that off? Somebody like, is. Like you said. Well, like you said, it's the 12 smart people and the 100,000 morons. It's yeah. the 12 smart people and the 6 billion morons. It's the same thing. That's, that's you know what Sam Altman, Altman should do? He should publish his own eye scam. That would be like, <laughs> we ask, everyone should go on Twitter and ask him, hey, I really want to see what's your, what's your WorldCoin ID or whatever ID. it's called. Yes. And yeah, just see like, how's that? Because if he's not doing it, then that would be, I would say the kiss of death of that. There was this theory that somebody said at one point about the, is it Tim Cook, who's the CEO of Apple? And he's like, not really on stage showing off the new Apple stuff where Steve Jobs is always, it's me, here's the iPhone right next to my head. Love this shit. I'm backing it all the way. And that that just symbolizes everything that's wrong with uh, with you know Apple or with people who don't buy into their own product. <laughs> well, a lot of people like Steve Jobs. Yes. It's a tough act to follow. I don't know if, uh, you know, if I were Tim Cook, I don't know if I would be, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Put on like a turtleneck and like pretend to be Steve Jobs? I don't know if people yeah. would like that. True. Steve Jobs would have been a Bitcoin casher. That's, it does oh, that's my contention. Apple has gone downhill since uh, the, de- the, part, the death of uh, Steve Jobs. But again, <laughs> also it has made huge amounts of money. So people still... Still working, yeah. They need the iPhone, you know. You're a, you're a total loser if you have an Android phone. All right. Well, let me just show you my nice uh, quality yeah. amp. <laughs> <laughs> only uh, only only a very you don't have you don't have an iphone do you do you have an iphone no there you go all right brilliant good <laughs> glad glad to hear that all right and i gotta also just shout out so slime shadies who are a game that was made on avalanche uh, it's like a worms shooter i'm sure you would have played uh worms they have started testing a bch integration now this is critically uh important because i i did try out their game um but i had some problems uh logging in with it because i couldn't find where the bch uh part of it is so i will report back probably on how i find it once i get in side shift by the way have improved their bch integration swapping to avax was seamless but the reason this is important is because they announced this integration recently and this is the first project that i am aware of that was already an established project on another chain joining BCH, especially recently. So when we're talking about getting hitting a critical mass and uh, uh, defying the stigma and all that sort of stuff, this is an example of that. So, and I predicted on this show uh, recently, you know, the last couple of months, I've been saying people need to be welcoming to builders once they show up because we're going to start getting people that are interested. And this is it. It's starting to happen. Uh, with these guys and it seems like they got onboarded by bch gurus which is an, a homegrown bch uh project and their wave two of nfts is minting now so for both of those projects slime shadies and bch gurus if you're in the bch community go go check them out it would be good uh to be welcoming to builders but on your on your part paul so what do you think about like we're attracting converts that's objective but do you think we'll see more of that would you predict more or less what's your what's your price prediction five-year btc bch are we going what's what's the current price let's just we didn't say that at the start it's uh 223 dollars usd and one btc is 126.69 
Are you taking the overall under on on that ratio over five years? Well, I don't really like, you know, the price is kind of like, uh, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I bet on, I think the network effects thing is big. So I think yeah. my personal wealth is it tilted into the number one coin. Yeah, yeah. I guess Makes that's sense. my belief. Do you have any BCH at the moment? I have a, I have a little, but it's not oh, you do? really compare okay. percentage wise. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. But there's, there's, well, there's a sliver of your mind that knows the comeback's possible then, I guess. Uh, yes, I think the comeback is definitely possible. And it, it, it starts with the BTC community being, because the community being broken is like in a way that it can't, if you shut off the pathway to correction, that is a totally different class of mistake. Yes. Than merely being wrong about something. Because everyone's wrong about things all the time. That's not a big deal. But you need but to if they really have in BTC correct. something where it's like we just will not fix this problem, then it's like a permanent feature of the coin. Yes. Well, I would say I think we're probably already past that point. And interestingly, that's what Kurt said as well, too. When you asked him, it's the same as the network effects uh, question, really. It's like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But if it did, maybe things would change, right? So I don't well, think... What I'm thinking, though, is that more people... I think the old people are set in their ways. And in fact, they actually, I think reality is starting to defeat these people, though, believe it or not. Because yes, you can see that uh, where the people were at the Bitcoin conference and they said, raise your hand if you own Bitcoin. I was like, raise your hand if you own Ethereum. You must have seen that yeah. clip. It's yeah, a, yeah. That, type of, that type of thing should go viral in the VCH community because that yeah, did. <laughs> you're pinning a lot of your hope on stuff like that, where these people yes. and the, the person's like, really at the Bitcoin, they can't believe that yeah. people would own ETH. Oh, and, you're all shitcoiners, get out, haha, but not really, but haha, yeah. So the people on stage, they have, you know, it's the same people on stage every year, is it not? Yes. Including me, you know, like whatever. First one was in 2019. A lot. Can happen in, in four years in in tech and in you know just in general yeah, yeah, yeah. and in this space of course. So the uh, it's the same people on stage every year. They're in the cult and they know that there's rules about what you can can and can't say. The people who show up, uh, thirty thousand people who paid a thousand dollars to show up. They they're new. And they have a different point of view, I think. And I actually think that these those people will eventually figure out that there's like a kind of there's very much you know, there's many grifts. There's like a you know yeah. I, <laughs> I don't believe I'm not saying the conference is a grift. I don't believe that. I like the conference a lot. Looks fun. I'd like to go. There's, there's there there are angles where it's like there are like get rich quick cult angles. You sell the book, you sell the steak, dinner, you stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that is more overtly a grift. But it's like um, you have uh, people eventually figure it out. They're, they're new now, but there is 90%, huge numbers of people are new. And those people will just be like, it's, you know, what it really actually reminds me of, to be completely honest with you, it reminds yeah, yeah. Really bizarre. It reminds me of uh, Jackie Robinson writing like an autobiography or something. Uh -huh. about uh, black baseball players. And, and he said that the, the young children like didn't, couldn't tell the difference or something. They would like applaud the same way. The parents were all weighed down by the bad By like racism and you know? whatever. Yes. Yeah. The prevailing norms of the time. And so I actually think the new people will just be like, they will eventually just ignore the cult 
which you partially see, I think, because uh, we had normally we had attendance increase mm-hmm. uh, at the big now it's decreased, yeah. but it then uh, it fell. Yeah. Uh, after COVID and other weird effects kind of washed out, uh, it was much smaller. Uh, I think it was like thirty thousand in twenty twenty, and it was about a little less than half, maybe fourteen, thirteen, fourteen thousand. Uh, this year, <laughs> in twenty twenty three. And it just also the vibe was different also and like so I think because the vibe the the prevailing vibe this year was like should ordinals be allowed or something it was like this like yes. it's like not fun you know but the problem is that you're watering down I agree with you that you're essentially watering down the cultish element over time I, that's past its peak that was. 2021 at the Miami conference that will be seen as the peak Michael Saylor and Max Kaiser on stage screaming fuck Elon that will be that 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 was the high watermark of the cult so the cult is on the decline and things are getting watered down but the problem is you're solving the problem with the cult in a way that is actually not that beneficial to BDC because all those people like all the people in ordinals for instance who came in and loved BDC are they more or less likely to switch to ETH if that's the trending thing of the the week or bch or monero or whatever all these people like you need an intolerant minority now the problem is b to c they've got a toxic intolerant minority which is why it's hit this cult and now is like fading but it will stay in there and those will be the ones who are most involved in all the gears behind the scenes so all the people who come in and are just a bit wishy-washy they just move into alternatives right when when the time comes well, uh, yes, but I, I mean, I'm not saying that I think all these people eventually join like the drive chain group, but all I'm saying is that actually that is plausible because they will form their own big block of people who are all yes. also sharing their own, like the, like the seven people who join a Bitcoin meetup at the same time. Yeah. They will be like their own little group now. And they're going to be talking amongst themselves like, what is, why don't we have drive chain or whatever? So, uh, you know, it's actually possible. It's also possible those people all just defect to various altcoins. Yes. But it's actually, yes. this is partly why this uh, would come full circle because yeah. the good thing about DriveChain is it is a soft fork of the number one coin. So in yeah. this way, it's a much more plausible thing to get politically motivated to achieve because you say, yeah. we'll all be in the same place. It's the left side of the road, right hand side of the road. It's also in inception. It says, where's the train going? It doesn't yes. matter where the train's going as long as we get there together and they they get yes. they kill suicide. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great that's a great scene in that movie, of course, and it's a great line. Yes. And it's a great game theory line. Yeah. So, the soft fork of the number one coin is that's a good one for the newer people to say uh, this. this solves my problem. I want this, uh, whatever. And of course, the miners also miners are losing money. Miners need transaction fees to go up all the time yes. and they need the price to go up and it, uh, partly as a result of this great sideways from 27 December 2017 until the present mostly buoyed only by covid inflation which was i think certainly is more than enough to explain uh, movement from 20 to 30,000 yeah uh that um the miners will eventually, I think, also they like turn to this idea or something like it or something. So the idea is just a good idea. And it's only a matter of time before it worms its way through all of the irrational opposition to it. But I could easily be mistaken about that. If so, though, 
if drive chain can't make it, it kind of only means that the network effects is so strong that no good idea actually can make it. Like even from your point of view, the uh, layer one large block is something will never make well, it. Well, not in the B2C community. It there, it'll just mean that nothing will ever change. Will be will be this will just be a big missed opportunity for mankind. In and we'll B2C, be yes. Stuck the same way. No, ever will be stuck. Coin market cap will never change. And we'll, no, of course it, it will change, but it will just change by always be people niche. switching. No, no, no. If the, we need to we need we need to hit a critical mass. I agree with you. So I guess we've got the two two kind of things, and and time will play out and tell like whether you can get drive chains into BDC. That's one unknown. We'll see. Maybe we'll check in again in I don't know a year, three years, five years, whatever. I think and, you should certainly no. I don't think I think this will be like the last year of yes because the pull request will be done soon, and this Peter Todd thing. Whenever he does it, which I don't know when he'll get around to it, but he can't delay yeah, so. it like forever. So, forever. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So there's that unknown. And then there's the unknown. Can BCH create a. Yeah. I think the mass? next six have, months have a cool enough party. Will be, will be big for BCH in terms of is BTC really like, is it actually like a complete log jam up and, up. and it is actually stuck? Yeah. Because like Udi with or like ordinal, <laughs> excuse me, Taproot Wizards ordinals. That is like, uh, what's the next trick after that? You know. Yeah, that was only an accident, so you don't get too many of those accidental chances. They, they're setting it up as though we're making Bitcoin fun again. We're we're breaking the laser eye, but it's like, what's the next trick after that? Was kind of a fluke. Yes, they say no. They say we've got a bunch of stuff ready to go. So I said, well, "They'll create it? some hype." Surprise! Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're cooking up something, but the thing is, they're still just like the 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 delusions and all the cognitive dissonance that they have and that the other people have, and just the one megabyte limit. Like you can't even just have a sensible engineering conversation with anyone, and it's all politically gridlocked, and people are busy, you know, shoving RBF down people's throats on the dev list you know john carvalho is like in despair and eventually he's going to just come out publicly and say like all right we fucked up guys like my dream of a peer-to-peer cash system died a long time ago and i just didn't realize it right well, john carvalho is funny because he's normally an enforcer of the cult but now the cult has turned on him exactly. sure it's like that movie it's like this happens in many movies You're whatever the like emperor's it's the emperor's new groove Yes, he is the emperor, and he's he's kicked out. You're outside. Then, then you're just one of the plebs. You're one of the one of the outsiders. Exactly, exactly. All right, okay. Well, we got a conversation has been very like a Jordan Peterson like mythology. Yes. Who would have thought? Well, I I certainly enjoy enjoy a bit of that. uh, What do you call it? Metaphysical uh, exploration. The narratives, the stories that people tell each other. Right. It's all very. Relevant. Right. We've got one slide that we give everybody who comes on this show is message to the community. So you've had okay. your sort of uh, throughout all this, you've, <clears throat> you've said a lot of stuff. But if you had to just condense it down or break down or whatever to the Bitcoin Cash community, obviously a lot of them listen to this show. What what do you think the Bitcoin Cash community needs to hear in your own words? Well, I hope that people take some kind of inspiration from this and not despair. That's the certainly. The I don't think they will. Yeah, I know. I think probably they'll take despair from this. But I think if I could sum it up, I would say um, 
it's not enough. Be, being right isn't enough. You also have to be popular. Yes. And I would say that probably the Bitcoin Cash experience is dominated by this idea of saying the the risk of large block layer one was kind of a better risk to take than the risk that was taken, which has ended up in like custodial lightning. Yes. So people in Bitcoin Cash say, well, we were right. Uh, so why why don't we just why don't we just win everything? But it's like uh, the QWERTY keyboard. The yeah. soft fork is what keeps you from the so live by the fork, die by the fork is is a very that, that is the stigma that I'm talking about. Yeah, when I use the word stigma. I'm talking about that. I'm saying you know people don't want they don't want the words to mean on Tuesday. What people want is for a word to mean on Tuesday what it meant on Monday, and whether or not it should mean that is some kind of other question that no one no one really cares about. You know, like uh, many things have been named. I think like well, big, Bitcoin's remember. had its meaning changed <laughs> since the beginning, but things do yeah, change. They do drift over time. This refers to the same thing that most other people are, whatever. Yes. Uh, you see what I mean? Like so. Yeah, yeah. You got a room full of people, important. and their words are trying to match some concept that is in all their mind. That is uh, what people want, and so. Uh, but yeah, as, as I also say though, if you believe in network effects, you believe the U.S. dollar is going to destroy everything. So no one believes in the network effect completely, but it's, I think it's like very important. All right. Well, I'm glad you have a tiny sliver of BCH. I'm glad we could have this, have this chat. Time will tell uh, one way or the other. Does BDC get its act together? Does BCH surge up? Does something new come out of nowhere? Does ETH flip and BDC? Lots of stuff we're going to have to just uh, wait and find out. At the end of the show, we always have to give our supporter appreciation. Thank you very much to our donators. Thank you to our patrons, Ricky and HP. Thank you to our sponsor, General Protocols. Check out bchbull.com. Paul, you'll love it. Uh, so check that out. And we also had our Flipstarter funded as well for episodes 86 to 95. So Bitcoin Jason, he's been in the chat. Uh, check out Townsville, the Bitcoin Cash City, uh, Shadow of Harunga, Molecular, Emergent Reasons, Erdogan Talk, and Majamalu. Marcelo, thank you very much. Everybody can check out BitcoinCashPodcast.com for the start guide, FAQs, links, and all of that. And Paul, final uh, sign-off is where can people find more from you? And is there anybody else you want to give a shout-out to? Well, I mean, you can find Truthcoin on Twitter. And I'm yeah. the founder and CEO of Layer2 Labs. You go to Layer2Labs.com. Yeah, you can uh, check out lots of great stuff there. I have a uh, drivechain.info. I have truthcoin.info is Bitcoin blog, and I have bitcoinhivemind.com, which is my prediction markets project. So that's the stuff that I work on. And you know, honestly, I just give a shout out to you guys. I, you know, I think what I always wanted, actually, uh, you know, I think it's competition is good, is healthy for everyone, not only the uh, end user but also the, the supplier, so to speak. And I think it was actually very unhealthy to have a kind of a monopolist guild form in BTC. It was a very bad thing. And I wish actually there was more competition. And one of the things that I didn't really like about Bitcoin Cash is that some of those things on my little bullet point list was that those made it so that it was a weaker competitor. And so, but I appreciate the fact that you guys are still out there competing. I mean that. So yeah. shout out to you. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Jet. 
Any uh, any thoughts, any shout outs? Yeah. So first off, this was a better conversation that I was expecting. I didn't look into your background at all. And I was just like, for, I find crypto to be pretty exhausting mentally. Uh, so I just kind of avoid it. And then I learn about a lot of the things on the show as Jeremy explains them. So I had, you know, this impression that you were coming from kind of this toxic BTC angle. And I am incredibly impressed. I think you presented your ideas pretty well. I think your analogies weren't there for me. Uh, but I enjoyed the conversation a lot more than I expected. And uh, yeah, thanks for that. I do have like a bunch of shout outs this time. Yeah, My mom fun. got married on Friday. So congrats to her and Congratulations. Matt. Um, and uh, then I went camping immediately after and found out that on the 19th, the friends that I went camping with, their parents are renewing their vows. So Bob and April, another congratulations. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to make it down. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, yeah. All right. We'll save it for another show. All right. Okay. And yeah, my shout. Thanks, Paul. It's been great having you on. And obviously there's a lot of unknowns left to, left to, left to come in the crypto market. So we'll see how things work out but i think these conversations are, are what moves things forward i agree we've got a tough challenge making bch the cool room at the party but we're gonna we're gonna do it and you've you've showed up so even if only temporarily that's that's already causing a few people to look around so well thanks for having me you know i had a great the time. master plan is in action all right joining the positives uh, begins with a single step yeah, just one one podcast at a time, destroying the hegemony and getting BCH to global reserve currency. All right, brilliant. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you. Because you, you're going to have to learn that on your own. You're going to have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's not, there's, there's no book you can read that all of a sudden I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own.